Well, okay, now wait a minute. What is Holman driving here? Oh my lord. It's not. It is. Let me in, let me in, let me into this brand new Ford F-150 Lightning XLT. What about it? Well, first off, it's making some weird noises in reverse. I gotta yeah, say that. It definitely, uh, definitely doesn't have any uh, cool sounds, that's for sure. It's a truck show podcast, and we're starting off this episode. I'm in the parking lot of Motor Trend, and I'm staring at a bluish, silverish F-150 Lightning. The color of your namesake here is called Iced Blue Silver. Iced Blue Silver. Hey, it's got 22s. Oh, I no, know. This has 20s. Sorry. Tw yeah. 20s. It doesn't matter. They're hideous. You don't like them? No. Oh, my Arrow God, wheels? no. No. These, on, are... these are right up your alley. No. Why? Because Why are they up my alley? These are hideous. Lightning and it has big wheels. Just because they're big doesn't make them cool. Uh, are you sure? I'm positive. 100% positive. I, you know what is cool, though? That center stack, holy well, this majoli! This is even the good one. This is an XLT. There's a whole other premium one that comes with the uh, the platinum and the lariat. This is actually the raddest one you can buy though, because this has the extended battery pack and the dual motors, and because it's an XLT, it's the lightest version of it. So I would expect this one to zero to sixty in about the same as your TRX over there. So you ready? You ready to <laughs> oh, no. play with launch control mode yet? Because this thing might take you. Uh, as of the time of this recording, I have 566 miles on the TRX, so technically I can put it in launch mode. Haven't done it yet because I, that 66 miles that gave me that ability was just, uh, that occurred on the way to uh, Motor Trend. So haven't done it yet. So this one has 580 horsepower and 775 pound-feet of torque. That's amazing. It's, uh, it's yeah, amazing. A little soulless. Yeah, I just, I just got, I've got plans for this, but let's get in the studio and I'll tell you what we're going to do with it. All right, let's go. Holman, welcome back to the studio here. Thank you. And uh, tell me how you ended up with uh, such a vehicle, or should we uh, stole it? Should we tease that for uh, as we get into the show? I stole it. It was uh, you didn't steal it. Yeah, I stole it. Nope. And it was plugged into the wall. Nope. And I forgot to unplug it. Nope. And as I was driving away, the mm -hmm. extension cord was unreeling from the back. No. Didn't happen. Okay. Uh, Ford called me and said, "Would you like to be in a Lightning for a week?" And I went. Please explain more. Because <laughs> semantically, so, that means different things to different people. What if, so if you're a proctologist, that could be disgusting. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I, I, I For I, both of us, by the way. I had to reset my, my language on that when I realized that it was Ford calling, not you, and mm -hmm. it was about their new truck. This, I, I would never call it. you and say, you be inside a Lightning. You do not understand how confusing <laughs> there is, it is to have a Lightning truck and a Lightning person anymore. Like mm. this- my worlds are, I have to They're constantly, clashing. Put, I yeah. have to put extra thought into everything now. <laughs> let's, let's pause here because I think we want to hear more about your, your plans. Because from plans. what I understand, you're not just reviewing this one, like going around town. There's something different in store for this uh, sure. week-long journey, correct? Well, I mean, I'm not going on a week-long journey. I just I'm have it for a week. Your, your, your journey with the truck. Uh, sure. Your your whatever you're doing with the truck, yes. it's not just take, going to the grocery store. Uh, no. Okay. 
Would you like to know more? I, I do, but not here. Oh. This is where I say that we've got Mike Siebold, who was just recently busted by the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection for having a deleted truck for sale on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, that's uh, that was going around, and we were able to get a hold of him, and he was gracious enough uh, to uh, come on the show, so we'll have an interview with him uh, on this episode. Again, we've been telling you guys, they're not just coming after manufacturers and shops anymore, and I know this isn't the feds, this is the state, but it's the precedence is being set. And right now, it's just deleted emissions equipment. But at some point, friends, it's going to be other stuff. It's going to be pulleys. It's going to be turbos. It's going to be all sorts of stuff that's going to rock our worlds. And it's going to suck Donkey Kong, if that's a thing. I've I've said it since I was like like 11. Awkward. uh, Okay. Uh, Also on this episode, we have our friends. Andy and Mercedes Lilienthal. You guys know Andy from Warren Winches. He's been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and his wife, uh, Mercedes, are going to be doing the Alcan 5000 this year. Uh, it's going to be the second time they did it. So uh, that, by, by the way, let's jump in. That's 5,000 kilometers. Give or take. Give or take up the Alcan Highway, which is basically the five freeway. Uh, through the uh, the Northwest Territories, right? All through the Yukon, yep. through icy, frigid. Well, I guess they're going in this time of year, so maybe it won't it'll be, be icy It'll be nice. Yeah, the yeah. last time they did, it was icy and frigid, but they were in a right-hand drive diesel Pajero. So we'll have to uh, figure out w- what. They're two crazy journalists with a freak show of a vehicle. That's it, that's the story. Uh, but first, we got to thank uh, Nissan because Nissan is our presenting sponsor, and uh, we love them. We love them for putting up with us. We love them because they make a great product. And if you are in the market for a brand new truck, you should definitely have the Nissan Frontier or Titan or Titan XD on your list. And of course, uh, the Nissan Titan and Titan XD have the industry's best five-year, one hundred thousand-mile warranty. Again, if you bought a Titan when this show started, mm-hmm. you would still be under warranty. By the way, no joke. I've been counting just because they've been. I saw forty-seven frontiers since the last time we uh, we recorded. Do you have like a post-it note or a scratch pad on your dashboard? What are you doing? Yeah, I just had a little note and I'm just putting hash marks because I thought it was funny. At first, I'm like, oh, there's another one. There's another one. About five or six into it, I'm like, you know what? This is crazy. I don't. How many am I seeing? And I had done a lot of driving, and everywhere I look, dude, there's. A pool guy, another pool guy, a gardener, a dude with a rooftop tent. Uh, Go fast campers mm-hmm. posted on their Instagram one that had their their tent on and it and the fabric matched the paint. Okay, and it looked badass. And I'm like, damn, that looks good. And then I saw a red one, and then I saw a green one. I saw one murdered out, and it had uh, it was all overlanding. And I yeah. tried to take a picture of it, and I accidentally got the big rig next to so it. So, like, they're all over the place. Yeah. At least out here in SoCal, they're everywhere. And I know, you know, Nissan is our presenting sponsor, but no no joke. Like, I literally was, like, going, homie, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. That's great. So, it's because it's uh, it's economical. Reliable. It's, it's dependable. Yeah. All that good stuff. Fender audio system, zero-gravity seats. Tagliner, Utilitrack. I mean, look, at we, we could go on and on and on. but then And we it, will. And we will. I guess <laughs> we will, yeah. So go to NissanUSA.com or waltz into your local dealer and check one out for yourself. All right, Lightning, if, uh, if I have a late-model truck and uh, when I'm driving it, I feel like I'm suffering from a case of the sluggies. Do you have anything for that? <laughs> the sluggies? Yeah, the is sluggies. That, is that an ailment? Is that like Yes, a- it's an ailment of my truck because you know that modern trucks have a deadened accelerator pedal because- Manufacturers are trying to keep the fuel economy up mm-hmm. and the tire screeching down with all that power that they have. So that means you get a delay from your foot to what the rear tires are doing. And I don't like it. So yeah. how do you fix that? That's called throttle enrichment delay. And Banks offers the pedal monster. Banks allows you to manipulate your pedal. So if, if you don't like what the factory gave you, then get a Banks pedal monster. It solves it. It has 30 levels of sensitivity, 10 in city, 10 in sport, and 10 in track. 
and you will find the happy spot in whatever vehicle you drive, gas or diesel, SUV, CUV, minivan, sports car, from a Corvette to a Ram 6.7 liter diesel. And this isn't just a ripoff of everything else out there. This is patented. And also you guys have safety features. So if for some reason the module fails, it reverts back to stock. And when you're in reverse, you don't have to worry about a touchy pedal because it also is stock and reverse. Go to bankspower.com, type in your year making model and see if they've got one for you. All right. Well, if you're an avid off-roader and you're looking for places to wheel or you're a novice and you're looking for places to wheel, uh, <laughs> there's only one place to go, and that's mm-hmm. onxmaps.com. You want to check out the off-road map app that's built for adventure. And where do I get that? You can go to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And what am I getting on said map app? What, is it, uh, what does it give me that, uh, I don't know, Apple Maps doesn't? You got everything you need to know from landowner details to trail open dates to weather forecasts all in one app. Thousands of off-road trails, featured trails, public and private land info. You can save maps for offline use for when you don't have a cell signal. Customize with markups. You can track, save, and share your trips. You can also sync with CarPlay and Android Auto. And the best thing is you can log on to your laptop, make changes, and it goes across all your devices. You can use it with an Android tablet, an iPad mini, an iPad, an Apple iPhone, your laptop, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. And your subscription keeps everything current across all your devices. Can I use it on a Motorola brick phone? Uh, you cannot, but if you uh, subscribe, <laughs> you can type in Truck Show for a discount. Onyxmaps.com. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Don't wreck the jingle, dude. Come on now. Talking about. That was you. That wasn't me. All right, welcome uh, in for another one. As uh, Bean Baxter used to say on the Capitol Bean Show, welcome in for another spectacular That's show. That's not true because he never spoke like that. He didn't speak like that, but he did say welcome in, and I never understood it. Like, welcome in. Yeah, inside our hot A studio. Yeah, yeah, this is... Uh, we had a friend show up just before this uh, episode started, and he, he steps in. And he goes, "Yeah, this is kind of kind of hot and dank. Like <laughs> we weren't lying. No, dude. it was definitely uh, both. Yeah. All right, tell me about this Ford F one hundred and fifty you've got out in the parking lot of Motor Trend. So this is actually my uh, my second uh, interaction with the F one hundred and fifty Lightning here in the last couple of weeks. I uh, went out to Adventure Off Road in Chino Hills, California, and uh, put a lift. Wait, wait, wait. That, that's a retailer of off road equipment, kind of like the one in Huntington Beach. Yep. Okay. Yep. This is the uh, the Chino Hill store. Uh, they're out of a Ford dealership. The one in Huntington Beach is out of the Jeep dealership. And they got a demo in, a F-150 Lightning demo. So they decided, well, we're going to put 35s on it. What does it take to put 35s on a Lightning? I said, you want to come out and shoot it? And I went, heck yeah. So if you go over to, uh, to motortrend.com under the four-wheeler or truck trend pages, you'll see just search for Lightning on 35-inch tires or Lightning lifted. And uh, we used a ready lift, basically SST, front part of the kit. And leveled it out. 35-inch Nitto Ridge Grapplers. We used KMC wheels. We had the uh, the ready lift coilovers. The nice thing is, um, I've said this before, GM uses a skateboard platform. Rivian uses a skateboard platform. Ford decided to use the traditional F-150 body-on-frame platform and then put batteries and motors in it. The nice thing about that is it still has a bed separate from the cab. It's anything in the bed that fits a standard F-150 also fits the Lightning. So the the massive, massive amount of aftermarket for an F-150 
I would say probably 85% of that stuff carries over to a Lightning. Is that something that they cared about or just it's, it just it, it wasn't by accident, if that's what you're asking? Okay. I think that was their strategy. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to a skateboard at some point. But I think they saw the opportunity to get their F-150 owners into what they consider a real truck and make it not weird, right? Make, make it traditionally what they would expect. But my point is, with all the stuff that transfers over, the front suspension is almost 100% identical to a standard F-154 by 4 So I'm, I'm curious, did they use any lighter components under there to save weight? Because the batteries are adding weight. Where did they try to trim? Uh, no, it's exactly the same. Like literally, all the parts are the same off of tie uh, rods are the same. Everything looks the same. Oh, really? I mean, okay. I didn't run part numbers, but no, I know. But, but when we took the ready lift, everything bolted in, and we were able to lift it in forty five minutes. The same, yeah. I mean, literally, upper control arms from ready lift went on the F one fifty control arms, no problem. The shocks fit, the you know, or the spacers on the coilover fit. All that stuff was well, all. Explains the same. why they were able to get it to market a little faster than the other guys. So the the cool thing about it is. It's already high in the back. We didn't have to do anything to the rear suspension. By the way, the rear suspension is independent. It's a crazy semi-trailing arm with a with an angled coilover on the back of that thing. An angled coilover? So I didn't notice that when you were backing up almost over me out there. There is no uh, lift kit for the back. Uh, Ready Lift says they're working on some stuff for R&D where they'll be able to lift the rear of the lighting. But with just the SST front, we were able to fit 35s with no rubbing, a little bit of trimming on the, you know, like the air dam and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the big question everybody had for me is, well, what does it do to range with 35s on it? And it wasn't my truck. I don't have it. So what I decided to do is hook up with Ford. They gave me this lightning for a week, um, which isn't as long as I've had this other lightning in the studio. Mm -hmm. Thank God. And what I'm going to do is I reached out to our friends over at Mickey Thompson Tires. They're giving me a set of direct replacement, the same tire size, a 275-60-20 of their new Baja Boss AT, which is an extreme all-terrain, you know, really aggressive, almost mud terrain category. And then uh, the guys over at Raceline gave me a set of their brand new F-150 wheels, new style that they have. And we're going to put take the aero wheels off the Lightning, take the regular low res- rolling resistance tires off of it, and I'm going to go do a 200-mile loop with the stock wheel and tire package and then another loop with the aftermarket wheel and tire package. So I'm losing the aero. I'm losing the rolling resistance. And I have a package. Now, other people on the internet, other other outlets have put a more aggressive tire on a lighting, but nobody that I've seen has changed the wheel and tire. And I was talking to like Mike Rice, our friend over at you know, HB uh, Adventure Off-Road. He was saying when he worked for BMW Corporate that the aero face of the wheels added 3% Efficiency to the aerodynamics. Oh, on like the little i three. I mean, no, they, on the on their X six hybrid or oh, whatever really? on that one. Yeah, so three percent, three percent. So I can only imagine on the F one fifty, which is a blockier design, how much aero you're getting out of the wheels. So we're doing a dished wheel like you would ex, you know expect from the aftermarket, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go drive it, and I'm curious to see like wh- how important are wheels and tires on electric. And I, I'm not. Well, I would like you to document the weight difference first off. I'm curious what that uh, rotating mass is. Yeah, I would assume that the tires being knobbier and all that have got to be yeah, like they're going to be way heavier, 15, 20 pounds heavier potentially. So, so right? the only way I'm going to be able to do that is probably wheel and tire package. I'll be able to weigh the uh, the Mickey Thompson wheel uh, tires and the Raceline wheels separately, but on the stock wheel and tire package, I'll just have to weigh them as a you know as a unit, and we can figure it out. But yeah, rolling resistance, uh, the size is going to be the same. But again, it doesn't have the benefit of aero. You have it's probably a stickier tread because it's not low rolling resistance. Wow, I wonder. Gosh, it's it's a it's a, it's really math here because you could have. Could you make that a drop, please? <laughs> it's really math here. <laughs> it's really math here. I mean, look, you could drop the weight, Holman, but the aero could be bad, or the weight potentially could go up. 
but the arrow's much better. And I'd be curious which one uh, plays a bigger role in reducing that uh, that that the economy of the batteries, right, or the the distance, the range. Yeah, range. So so this is uh, listen. This is going to be baby steps, right? Like we're we're slowly getting the EV. I've said this on here before. Don't buy an EV vehicle because you think you're saving the earth because you're not, right? Buy an EV vehicle because it does something better than internal combustion. I still happen to think for the majority of the truck market, EVs are probably not the right choice for how most people use their trucks. However, if you have a 100-mile radius and that's your daily driver, I think it's totally fine. If you go to Home Depot and and you're going 100 miles away and back, you'll never have a problem. You know, there's 300 miles of range on the F-150 here. There's 300 miles of range on the F-150 Lightning with the big extended battery pack. But if you saw in Motor Trend, uh, we recently just did a story where, and this is a little bit different than everybody else also, look for a story called Tow No. <laughs> the the <laughs> F-150 Lightning struggled in our towing test. So we towed a 3,100-pound trailer, a 5,300-pound trailer, and a 7,200-pound trailer with the Lightning because we wanted to see what those different weights are. Now, other people have towed, but they haven't towed like small, medium, large in terms of weights. And the bottom line is, go read the article. It's on MotorTrend.com. But you're not going to give us the cliff notes. I will. Uh, so one of the points of the story is a fully charged 2022 Ford F-150 Lightning electric truck has less energy on board than a regular F-150 with four gallons of gas in its tank. Okay, one more time. So a fully charged Lightning yeah. has less energy on board than with the largest battery pack than four gallons of gas in terms of range. Four gallons. Okay. So. And you're talking about being able to put 36 gallons, I think, is the max in a in an F-150, right? Right. So in the Motor Trend testing, an F-150 Lightning Platinum with a camping trailer on the back, nearly maxed out at 8,500 pounds, couldn't even go 100 miles. And then a lighter trailer, it improved, but not as much as you expect. The Lightning's towing capacity, depending on the model, ranges from 5,000 pounds to 10,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. To hit the big number, you'll need an XLT or Lariat with the optional extended range battery pack, which is what I have in the parking lot right now, and the max trailer tow package. Okay. So the minimum to get that is seventy-five grand right now. So we performed the testing with a platinum full tr- platinum trim, which was ninety-two six sixty-nine, and that has a standard towing capacity of seventy-seven hundred pounds, but the max tow bumps that up to eighty-five hundred pounds. So just uh, I, I don't want to get too far down the road because I want people to read the article, but here is kind of the baseline. It says the F-150, the EPA, says the F-150 Lightning is good for 300 miles, and that's based on a mix of city and highway. Again, that's unloaded. And EVs do a lot better in city driving than they do at steady state highway and things like that, right? What? what? Is that true? I don't think... Oh, lower speeds. Oh, lower speeds. Oh, duh. Yeah, Yeah. of course. They're not... Yeah, And they don't idle. Great, great. Right? Yeah, so, great points. So it's just, it's different. You got to like recalibrate your brain you on gotta, that stuff. Got to think because it's a brick moving through the air at speed. Got it. In the Motor Trend road trip range on our test, it went 255 miles. So we had been warned, expect the range to be cut in half while towing, but the effect of towing a travel trailer, which obviously isn't a flat deck or whatever, right? So the lightest and smallest trailer was just 115 miles. That figure fell to 100 miles with the middleweight trailer and sank to 90 miles with the 7,218-pound Grand Design trailer. So that kind of tells you that aerodynamics have a bigger impact than weight, right? There, because you're answering my question. There you go. Okay. So aerodynamics are, are huge on an EV hmm. because the EV has plenty of power to tow the, the weight. But that's why I want to get into this wheel and tire package. 
Now that I have rolling resistance and I've removed some arrow, is it going to be a big hit? So I'm going to go do a baseline, swap wheels and tires, and then do it again. Now, will you do cruise control so you know? Yes. Okay. I'll do cruise control and I'll do speed limit. My plan is to probably go from Orange County to San Diego and back, which is 200 miles, so it's okay. well within the range. That allows me to get to a charger on either end, start at 100%. It also allows me, if I go at night on the five, you know, it's pretty quiet down there. Mm-hmm. I can set cruise control to the speed limit, which is 65 most Make of the way sure down there. Make sure there's no construction. Good. Right, I know, I know. They're all, there's always construction, yeah. right? But at night, less likely to run into traffic because of that, right? So, and at night, I'm not using, right now it's summertime, I'm not using climate control as much. So I can take out the heat of the sun. I can, you know, have less strain on that. I have less traffic. So let's that's be my honest, plan. this whole thing is an opportunity for you to catch up on podcasts. Uh, this podcast or other no, ones? just other ones. <laughs> all, the other, other, all the other ones I, uh, I listen to? Yeah. So anyway, it'll be it'll be interesting. Go go read that story. I, I think it's it's fascinating. It's funny because there's a bunch of people online who are like, oh, finally, Motor Trend's the only people who aren't drinking the Kool-Aid. But really, I mean, we're all learning. This is, this is you know, as, as we're trying to do it right. We're not buying the Kool-Aid. Again, I, I personally think for most half-ton trucks or bigger, EV is not the right way. I think EV as a secondary car or primary car that never goes outside a 100-mile radius of home, no problem, especially if you have a home charger. Yep. Um, But I think that there's caveats put on that. I think there's a lot of fun to EV. They're fast. They're quiet. Lots of tech, all that. But for the way most of us truck guys use it, probably, you know, great at burnouts and screeching tires, but not so great if you want a lot of range. And a lot of us like to road trip in our trucks. Like, what do you take? You take the truck, right? There's that saying, take the truck. So if you're going to drive to, you know, again, Denver, Utah, Texas, a lot of people want to go in a truck that has 600 miles of range because they can pile in the family and and go for it. So anyway, it'll be interesting. So far, I've only driven this about 50 miles, uh, so I don't really have an opinion on it other than it's, it drives like you would imagine an electric vehicle to drive. Throttle tip in on it is actually really good. Like it's easy to modulate. It doesn't feel digital. You can kind of roll into it. The, it's the best riding F-150 by far. It feels really plush, kind of marshmallowy. Are there different uh, drive modes? I haven't gotten that far in it, ah, so okay. I have no idea. Okay. Um, literally dropped it off at the house, and 15 minutes later, I was driving to work. Gotcha. Going, I, well, let's see what this is. So I you know, wrote it all down, and, and I will report back to the podcast audience what my results were. And uh, I'm going to throw it on Instagram. You may have seen it, but if you have questions or things that you want to know, it helps me with my story because I can answer those questions when I write the story or or answer it back. So I'm going to throw it up on my Instagram at Sean P. Holman. You guys will get a chance to see it. Um, but again, yeah, it's just, I, it's, we're just starting to get, you know, the main, these mainstream trucks. And again, I, I think F-150 is pretty cool because it's on an F-150 platform. It's not on a skateboard. So it's still a traditional truck. It has big beefy frame rails, all the things. And this one, because no engine has a huge trunk in the front. So yeah, I wonder how much that works against it. I mean, I'd, I'd, it'll be interesting to see. Well, it's not going to be optimized for efficiency necessarily, right? right. It's going to be optimized for function and work the way a truck should be. You got to remember when you're talking about batteries, batteries versus fuel, the vehicle gets lighter as it uses fuel and therefore more efficient. Electrons don't weigh anything. So there's a point of diminishing returns when you put in a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger battery. If you have 3,000 pounds of battery, whether you're full or not, you're hauling around those 3,000 pounds all the time. So you have to balance what's an acceptable range for a, a person who uses their truck versus how long will it take to charge it versus how much additional weight do I want to carry with a, a larger back, you know, battery pack to get to that range. And I think 300 is really the bare minimum of most vehicles. I can tell you, like, even with my supercharged JL, I'm around 230 miles of range, and it's unacceptable. Like, it bothers me that it's that low. I yeah. really, like, in my life, when I'm out adventuring or going places – 
280 is usually like my low point of feeling comfortable. And I don't want to see the fuel light to like 250, 260, somewhere in there. So having something that's 100 miles of range, whoa. That's bad. That's bad. I think I'm going to be getting around uh, in the in the real low threes with the TRX. Right? Is that what you experienced? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've gotten 400 and I think 25. Just on highway. highway. Yeah. 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 Which so is fine. 400 miles of range on the highway is going to outlast your bladder. I think I've got a 36. 33. Uh, gal- 33 gallon tank. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's different. It's a different experience. Again, it's different in terms of fueling strategy, all those things. You have to, you're tied to the network. Um, it'll be interesting. You can't just call AAA and pour electrons back in your battery pack, right? It's not that simple. All right. So moving away from electrons to diesel, Mike Siebel. What's bigger, particulates or electrons? Oh, particulates by far. What happens if you don't have a DPF? Uh, you emit a lot of particulates. Way more than electrons. Uh, many more. <laughs> yes, I would assume so. Yes. So what happens if you happen to buy a diesel truck and mm-hmm. you own it mm-hmm. and it happens to not have a DPF on it, say, just, you know, asking for a friend mm-hmm. and you go to Facebook Marketplace and you say, hey, I've got this diesel truck for sale. Anybody want to buy it? It's uh, <clears throat> deleted. Uh, it has all this other stuff. And instead of getting a phone call or a DM, you get a uh, letter with government letterhead on it in the mail. That would be scary. And that is exactly what happened to Mike Siebold in New Jersey. What? I believe Mike is the first person that we know of collectively yep. in, in the- um, U.S.? In the U.S. Oh, I was going to say in the automotive enthusiast community. Okay. That has been singled out and found on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. He's, he, he doesn't work at a shop. He's just a single. The point being that this is a consumer who got in trouble, not the shop that deleted it, not the manufacturer of the delete pipe, not anybody upstream, but literally the end user. Like we have been warning you guys, here it is the real story. We are hoping we would never have to talk about this. But here's the deal. And I'll tell you. And by the way, it didn't happen in California. No, it, it happened, happened in, in New Jersey it, yeah. with by the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. So, so it's, their, it's their local EPA. So I'll tell you, I was on Facebook in one of the groups that I'm in. Somebody bought a brand new EcoDiesel Jeep and they said, hey, I bought an EcoDiesel Jeep. What tunes and delete do I need? And I immediately wrote back, the only delete you need is deleting this post. And all these, like, yeah. everybody thumbs up. And after about an hour, everything was, we don't talk about that here. Don't put that here. They're reading here. That's not good. Don't do it. So it's amazing to see how the community, they didn't really chastise this guy because he didn't really know what he was asking. He was just like, hey, it's sort of, but I feel like that kind of happened to our friend Mike here. And uh, anyway, so long story short, I had that experience on Facebook recently where the community bandied about and said, Delete this post, and it and it went bye bye. And, and I mean, I'm talking about scores of people came. Well, into, there, we don't do that. So that's interesting, and I and I really appreciate that. Uh, what I find that's happening now is that a lot of the posts are coming out of two places: Texas. I, I love you, Texans. We we, we got a know, flag right here. I, there's a flag hanging on our wall, but the Texans, they're like, hey, it's land of the free down here. We'll do what we want, you know. And then I find that the majority of these posts on Facebook talking about deletes are coming out of Canada. And the problem with that is that it, it's still legal in certain provinces in Canada, right? It's just not regulated. I don't know if it's ill. I wouldn't say legal. legal. I would say not regulated. It's, it's right not there. regulated. So you could do it and no one will ever find out. That's the Ish. bottom line. But the thing is on Facebook, it doesn't say that this post on Facebook, right, right. in L5P Tune Brotherhood or whatever, is put up by Joe Knops in, you know, in British Columbia, yeah, right. right, or in, in somewhere in the Yukon. 
It, it doesn't tell you that. So you just assume it's some guy in Iowa or Florida, Texas, California, whatever. You don't realize that it's legal or, or at least not regulated where he is. Well, and there's there's Americans who would argue it's not regulated where they are as well, right? Like you can well, make, Wyoming, you, can, or, you can make or, that yeah, argument. Montana. But the point is, whether it's actively regulated or not, there is laws on the books either at the state or federal level. Listen, you don't want to get caught, and if you got a truck to sell, maybe not put that piece of info in it. And why don't we give uh, Mike a call and uh, see what his experience was? All right, dial and smile, as they say, as you say. No, some say it. Just you, okay? Hello. Hey, Mike, it is Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? What's going on? I'm, I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, we're fantastic, and it's good to hear that you're good, uh, uh, seeing as how that you've had interesting circumstances lately. And uh, we want to talk to you. We've got a lot of questions, but first we have a quick intro, so please don't move. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. you pull up a stool and share with us. Now, as we said earlier in the show, Mike ran into some an interesting issue that we have been talking about for what feels like years, Holman, yep. um, that at some point the government would start not just going after shops, tuners, manufacturers, but they would ultimately go after- Come on down to your own personal garage. Something like that. Exactly. And, and Mike is the first known- First guy talking about it, like, hey, I'm having issues with my local government. They found me. And, and so I wanted to get it from the horse's mouth, Mike. Tell us how this started. When did you buy this Ram? Uh, tell us about the Ram and what went down. All right. So uh, I, uh, I'm i pretty new to diesel trucks. Uh, my first diesel truck was a 7.3 Power Stroke. I actually had that last summer. And uh, – a coworker of mine's son had this 2008 Ram and uh, just so happened that he wanted a 7.3 Power Stroke. So I figured, hey, why not? I'll trade him. He'd be dumb to do it, but he did it. He <laughs> traded his nice newer truck for my dinosaur of a truck, and uh, that's how I ended up with it, just a straight trade. Well, the 7.3s, I mean, Holman, we've, we've also talked about this. Like, 7.3s are really in demand these days, oh, yeah. as is the 5.9, but... Seven threes will never go down. That is like the. I think there's a lot of people who still see the seven three as the last real power stroke diesel. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So you made this trade with him, Mike, and then you had the truck for some time, and at at some point you decided to sell it. Yeah. So I'm uh, just shy of a year actually of owning it, and uh, I was just looking for something a little nicer, a little newer. Uh, I like nice interior. I kind of wanted to get rid of it for a pretty good, a fair amount of money, I would say, for it. Uh, I think I had a list for 16000 and I wanted to put 16000 down on a newer King Ranch. All right, good call. So you listed where? I listed it on Facebook Marketplace. Okay, and that's the only place you listed it, correct? That is absolutely it. So then what happens? I put it on Marketplace. I got a few hits. What did your listing yeah. say? Like, what was the content of the listing? My listing was exactly what my coworker's son texted to me about the truck, that it had a SMB intake, it was studded, uh, it had some tuner on it, um, deleted 
exhaust work, brand new tires, this, that, and the other thing. I think he said the brakes were just redone. So obviously I, I put my own rims and tires on it that were brand new. So I put that in my listing and then just everything else that he told me about the truck still exactly the same. And nothing, none of that stuff, like the deleted or the exhaust work, the tuning, none of that stuck out. You're just, this is all par for the course. It's just, this is, nothing was a, a, a red light for you, correct? In my eyes, no. I mean, I, I honestly had no idea that anything like this would ever happen. I mean, like I said, I'm pretty new to the whole diesel truck world, and I just I didn't think that having a tuner and deleting that stuff, just owning it was a big deal. Then you get a, a letter from the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. And it says, in summary, what? Long story short, with the, with the letter, it just says that I'm in violation of operating a vehicle with those deletes. I cannot sell it. I cannot drive it anymore. I can't, I can't do anything with it. That's what you know. Pretty much what the letter was saying, and, and they, uh, it void your registration also to make sure that you you know couldn't take it on the road or, or oh oh no no not at all. And uh, in this state, we don't even have inspection for diesel pickup trucks. Almost kind of like you're getting baited in to do this, two trucks, and then there's no inspection, and then it's bam, let's hit these people with fines. So it's given a lot of these guys. Now you're learning that the guys who have deleted their emissions equipment. They thought they had to get out of jail free card. And now when they go try and sell it, unless they just sell it to a buddy, if they do it publicly, the, the reason for this story that it's so significant that all the major magazines have covered it is because everyone posts everything about deletes and tunes on Facebook. It's just every group. It's, oh, yeah. They talk about it like it's no big deal. Or they say, oh, my truck has got a weight loss or we've all talked all these, you know, these, we. these synonyms. Right. They say these things. And they just assume that it's some private walled garden or something. Which it's right? not, especially in these groups. They're, you know, the the uh, government officials have infiltrated anything, any platform that you're on, they're out now. They're but, in there. But this, so Mike's is the first that we're aware of. Yes, that they that went they, after the consumer and not the shop or not the delete manufacturer or something like that, not the tuner. This is definitely the first one that we've been made aware of that the actual consumer who the vehicle is registered in has been the the, uh, the subject of uh, you know enforcement like this. It, is that what you're hearing, Mike? Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's people since my post. I, I don't know. I like to say it went viral. I don't know if they consider it viral or not, but since my post on Facebook blew up as big as it did, I've been getting hundreds of facebook messages about people that oh this has happened to me or i just did this should i be concerned and like well yeah i mean you should be because if somebody messaged you about your truck on facebook marketplace and you said it was deleted well chances are you're getting the same letter that i got so what's the fallout from that letter so the letter tells you what you can't do currently is there a penalty? How do you rectify the situation? Do you have to have it inspected after returning it to stock with uh, with emissions equipment on it, or are yeah. you in? Is it a criminal deal? Is it is it a infraction? What's what's the repercussions and what's the next steps for you? You know, I get the letter. In the letter, it says that I have sixty days to make an attempt to return my truck back to stock, or you know, the fines. I start getting fined and all that, and then obviously that could accumulate and. If you don't pay fines, well, you typically end up in jail. So, 
which is I bad, I hear. Out. If you don't like bologna <laughs> sandwiches and white bread, probably not a place you want to hang out. No, and soap yeah, on ropes. Definitely not the place for me. <laughs> so how long do you think uh, you'll last when you go to jail, sir? <laughs> no, so About what, 20 minutes. <laughs> and so, Mike, what have you done so far? I, I, I know read. what he did. He went on Facebook Marketplace and found a uh, and found a DPF. <laughs> I don't think he did. I think he's hanging up the truck. Is that true? The first thing I did was I, I made the phone call to the DEP, the number that I was provided. And you said, uh, had, "What you talking about, Willis?" <laughs> yeah, I, I had a conversation with this with this guy about what my options were, and he only gave me two options. He said, "You either return it to stock or you scrap it." And uh, well, I said, okay, well, I guess I'll start looking for parts and ultimately found out it is damn near impossible to find a DPF. <laughs> is that because so, everybody is hoarding them away for when this letter reaches them? They go, no, sir, everything is just fine on my diesel truck. Well, it's weird because- is it in the rafters or did people throw them away? They've been they've been removed illegally for by the thousands for the last 10 yeah, so years, So some right? dude somewhere, if you were smart- are stockpiling those things, and you're going to start a Facebook group going called Return It to Stock or something, or uh, have your truck out of Mexico or whatever no, the thing is, and then sell those back to people. No, but there's a guy I have seen on Facebook every so often where he says, I buy DPFs. I don't know who this guy is. I wish I would have written it down because I would have given it to Mike and, dude, and others like him. Why didn't we think of that? Because that would be a great business right now. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, well, so then... You realize it's 10 G's to put this thing back to stock. And then jail starts seeming like a better place to be. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not no? going to jail. No. Oh, he's not? Oh, no, Mike oh. is not going to jail. <laughs> I thought the whole point of this call was that he chose jail over uh, returning no, his truck. We, we are not speaking to him live from the clink right now. No, oh. he is. We are calling him at his house okay. with his wife. Like, Got he's it. still fine. So he's not in jail. <laughs> no, he's fine. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that he uh, he's okay. He's fine. All right. I was just curious. <laughs> I, 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 I felt I mean, like. As far as I know. He might be in jail. Are you calling us from a uh, from a payphone, Mike? Is there a uh, piece of plexiglass in front of you, and uh, there's a dude on the other side of the counter with a uh, the handset of a payphone? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm definitely home. Before we called you, did a uh, did a large man uh, search you for uh, contraband? No. Okay. No. All right. When you brushed your teeth this morning, was your wife's toothbrush uh, shaped in the form of a shiv? <laughs> A shank? These are these are all clues that you're in jail. I, I just want to make sure that he's okay. Are you trying to get him to slip and actually tell us that he's in the, he's <laughs> no, in prison? I just I I just I'm curious if maybe he's in <laughs> denial after all this, and they did put him in the clink, and uh, he thinks that four course bologna meal was uh, actually from his family. No, he likes stew. He's a big stew fan, <laughs> okay. which is what they have. In there. So uh, you've done what with the truck so far, Mike? So uh, I had that conversation with him. I found out that I literally, you know can't find parts if i did they're very expensive so i tried to have another conversation with him uh two days later he uh hi remember me you're trying to throw me in jail i'd (laughs) like to talk to you again you gave me two options and i didn't like those (laughs) he was a little upset with me because i uh i flat out told him i uh refused to accept the fact that there's only two options so he started getting he started cursing at me and yelling at me and wait, telling did, me. Oh, I file a complaint. To, no, no, hold on. Can't talk to a citizen oh. like that. Well, wait, wait, wait. Are you uh-huh. serious? So, like, I'm dead serious. You know, so, Mike, all right. Now, we, Holman and I, this is Lightning speaking, we have talked about the reasons that someone would join a group like the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. So there's the guys, it's just, for some people, it's probably just a job. It's just another job. Like, 
I'm working at the DMV. And some people I, are working, emotionally involved. And other people are like, no, I am I'm here. saving the world. Yeah, I'm here to clean up the air because I have children and I don't want them breathing smog or NOx or any of the things I that I would have diesels. asked for a supervisor. Sorry, sir, this uh, is no longer a conducive conversation because of your unprofessionalism. So it sounds like he's the latter. He's the guy that's really emotionally connected to the topic. He is definitely uh, attached to it. He's definitely... The problem is he's definitely very, very high up in this matter. So there's not many people above him that I could have had a conversation with. I think it's uh, a lawyer could have changed that for you. <laughs> Probably. I, where I would have Yeah, gone. I was kind of kind of hoping maybe one would have reached out maybe seen my facebook post but we haven't gotten to that point yet <laughs> all right so any of our truck show podcast listeners that are uh, lawyers and would like to help with a cursing new jersey state employee who treats citizens like uh, like garbage uh reach out to us slide into our dms and uh, we'll pass that contact information on to our friend mike here i'd be curious though if um if you did reach out if an attorney would take this type of you know legal action for you uh because or would attorney just say, hey, Mike, you, you should have known that a vehicle without any emissions equipment is not OK? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not I'm not I'm not even looking to, like, fight it in that matter. The uh, the matter that I, I'm, I'm more upset with is it felt like entrapment. I felt like, you know, maybe they went about it the wrong way. If you want to do roadside stops, that's fine. If you want to work with law enforcement, if 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 a truck gets pulled over, the cop searches the truck for emissions equipment that's fine i'm okay with that i i get it everybody has a job to do but the whole entrapment overreach kind of thing that that that's what bothered me yeah i think that's fair i, I would be bothered by so. a citizen to have somebody who who uh is not treating me professionally i mean you know there's we've had a few of our friends on the show who have gone through this and it sounds like there's certain people in the government agency who don't know how to have a civil conversation with people even if they're in the wrong and and sort something out, and so everybody wins. Well, Instead, it's more like let's be punitive and make this person feel horrible and uh, and and make them feel like their life is over. I also think that the guy probably doesn't believe Mike. He probably just thought that Mike knew better and just didn't want to roll over. I believe just Mike. Being, just being argumentative. I do too. All right, so so Mike, what is your uh, your next move? Did you scrap the truck then, or are you out that that value, or what's next? Uh, well, my next move is, uh, he told me that I only have to scrap the engine. So, uh, I pretty much told him, listen, I'll give it one more attempt. I'll try to find some parts. If not, you know, I told him, uh, we're going to go hold hands and take my engine to the scrapyard and you're going to clear me of everything and anything. And I can never hear from you again. What happens to your VIN number? If you put in a new engine that's fully functioning, that has all the parts on it, do they have to certify it again for you to be able to uh, operate it? Or do you still, again, you still have valid registration on it if you were to go that route? I, I do. Uh, that would just be a second offense if I was to ever get caught again without the proper emissions. So I could easily, if I wanted to, go get a brand new 6.7 Cummins engine with the emissions. I would imagine that's probably easier to find than my parts. And, and yeah, he said I could go forward with it that way. He said, I absolutely cannot put a 5.9 in it and put it on the road. He says, you have to go forward. You cannot go backwards. But you could do the same year or forward. Yes. Yep. yep. That's pretty similar to the and, rules out here. And what parts is it missing? So you're missing in a, in a 6.7, you've got the DPF. It's an 08, so you've got the DPF in that truck. You had, I don't think that truck had DEF yet, correct? 
Nope. What, uh, yeah, not just the uh, just the particulate filter. Uh, cat on a downpipe. A cat be- after the particulate and filter. And a monopoly get out of jail free card. But I think you're missing EGR <laughs> as well. Uh, EGR cooler. EGR I actually cooler. do still have the EGR. I was told it's plated and blocked. So the EGR is there. It just needs to be opened back up and connected to a cooler. Wow. So if you can just find a DPF, you actually might be in a good situation what, to get that your, truck up and running. Do you have an Instagram so our listeners could reach out if they happen to have those parts available? I do have an Instagram. I believe it's just my name. I don't think it's anything crazy. <laughs> well, Holman's good at this, so sleuth it up. So it's Mike Siebold, S-E-B-O-L-D. I wonder if when you're calling guys looking for a DPF and you're saying, hey, I'm looking for DPFs, if they're telling you no because they're in fear that maybe you're the fuzz, right? That you're if, 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 if they if, yeah, if they have absolutely. a DPF, then that means they're probably taking DPFs off and they're deleting trucks, which is we know in many states a minimum of ten thousand dollar fine per truck. Is that truck white? It is white. Black yep, wheeled. I think I found you. So it's a Mike underscore Siebold S E B O L D on Insta. So if you guys can help him out and help him get this truck back on the road, uh, hit him up on. Uh, on DM, and maybe we can help get a uh, – the Truck Show family can help get this truck right, and we help get Mike uh, out of uh, out of government hawk. And as far as I know, I believe that DPF is 07.5 through 10. So yep. I don't know if it carries all the way to 13. I know there's other engine components that are different from 13+. plus. So I would say if you have 07.5 to 10, or you know somebody in that year range with a Ram 6.7, and you've got a DPF lying around, and a downpipe, Please let him know. By the way, I'm looking at the uh, the Ram, and I see a picture of the 7.3, the uh, purple Super Duty. Uh, Ram way, way better. <laughs> the Ram Yeah, is, he got, he got yeah. the better end of that deal. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss that 7.3, though. I'm <laughs> so what is, uh, what is your advice to somebody out there in a similar situation as you? They've got the truck, and uh, it may not be uh, uh, fully kosher uh, in the eyes of the law. Uh, after having gone through this experience and spending your your time and effort on it, what, any advice to the the rest of the uh, enthusiasts out there? Uh, uh, if you if you got the parts, put them back on, and uh, if you don't, don't try to sell it. <laughs> uh, what is your opinion of all the guys that are like, nah, forget it? Like, no, it's me against the government, and I like. Cause, I, even hearing this story, you're going to have a lot of guys that are like, "Nah, the DPF's just going to fail anyway. You got, you know, you got to take it off. I don't care what the government thinks they can do with my, you know, with my cars, and my trucks." But like, what do you say to that guy who's just digging his heels in the sand and he's not going to change despite a story like yours? Hope you like baloney. <laughs> he's probably going to be spending a serious amount of money. I mean, I, I did uh, in the beginning of this kind of. I did kind of have that attitude. I was like, absolutely not. I'm not dealing with this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But to be honest with you, I kind of just want it to be over. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can see it's, that. Uh, it did blow up pretty big. Like, I never in my life imagined that a Facebook post of mine would make it as far as it has. I mean, yeah, that part was pretty cool. But just dealing with the DEP and all that, I really just don't need the headache, don't want it. I live a pretty simple life. I go to work, I come home, hang out with the kids, the dog, you know, like it's about it. I'm not really looking. It's way nicer <laughs> when uh, when your kids can see you over the uh, kitchen counter and not through plexiglass. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's true, yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> that two-inch Lexan. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> the stuff they have at banks but, now, uh, right? I, I do plan on uh, pulling it at the Warren County Fair this Thursday night. 
you know, you know I mean, I might as well, you know. <laughs> so what you're saying is if you blow the engine up, you who know, cares? pulling it lo- one last time, who cares, right? It's going to the Yeah, I, that's pretty much my outlook. I mean, if I could get it fixed, maybe that's cool. I could get it stocked. But, hey, I'm kind of banking on I'm probably going to end up having to scrap this engine. So I'll take a nice selfie with it when it when it comes apart. Uh, when I'm pulling it. <laughs> hey, listen, I have seen a uh, a Cummins basically uh, blow out the uh, freeze plugs and two cylinders and still continue to the end of the tractor pull on fire and still drag itself while burning off the track. So <laughs> well, hard to kill, I dude. Make it that far, if I make it that far, I will stand on the hood and I will try to get the crowd pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. Well, sorry you had to go through all this, but thank you for uh, for being the, uh, the warning to others and... Uh, but hopefully everybody learns from your example. We've been saying this for a long time. Listen, it's one of those things that's not popular, but it's the rules. And so if you're going to play outside the rules, you got to be careful. And, and look, we're not we're, we're not do-gooders. Like, we have committed many yeah, I, of I the don't, same sins. I don't care if you do it or not. I have, I have zero ill will to anybody that does that. I'm just saying that at the end of the day, like, you may be opening yourself up to a headache. That's all. Yeah. Yep, yep. I agree. And the government can outspend you. Yeah, all the a way, lot. all the way into prison. Yeah, so they sure can. Uh, you know what's it, funny is they'll spend all that money getting you in jail, and then you still only have bologna sandwiches. Once you're there, are you sure that's all they serve? Yeah, you've been there, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> when you were working at the police service, did you have to go downtown and work in? Uh, uh, yeah, downtown. Did you? I saw all sorts of stuff when I. Yeah, anyway, all right, moving right along. <laughs> all right, Mike, we appreciate. It. Hey, it's uh, at Mike underscore Siebold on Instagram. So if anybody out there can help him out, uh, hit him up and. Uh, Man, good luck out there, and uh, hopefully we I'd, – I'd say talk to you soon, but I'm afraid to say talk to you soon because that might mean it might be from the clink. Why, why are you painting this picture? I just feel – I don't want to say – you say you're good. I don't want to say anything that's going to like – like Jinx it? Yeah, and then he calls us. He's like, hey, guys, I just wanted to update no, you on my story. No, I'm in no, jail now. No, no, no. You leave it happy. You're like, Mike, you're going to have a good, happy life with your, your dog yeah. and your kids and, and your, your beautiful wife. Beautiful kids and your yeah. beautiful wife. The dude's and- a, he's in, like a newlywed. You've only been married for like a, a, a year, right, or something like that? Uh, a couple years. A couple years. Yeah, you have years. at least three years till you're unhappy. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. So I'm just saying he's gonna he's like he's gonna he's gonna always remember this story when it was you know David and Goliath, right? That's right. And and this is the one where Goliath wins. <laughs> <laughs> Goliath definitely did win here. Yes. But, this but, will but, but, probably be the most publicity I'll ever get. Yeah, there you go. Enjoy it while it lasts. You're you're right. eight seconds of fame. You we we're happy to be a part of it. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, thanks for having me. All, All right, right, brother. Have thank a good you one again. All right, you too. See you, bye. Holman, give me your best Walter Cronkite and give me some truck news. I don't need to do Walter. I'm just going to do Holman. I don't like Holman, though. Yeah, but the rest of our listeners do. Oh, okay. What's What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! That was tight. great. That was really tight. By the way, right. did you just break great. news by telling people you hated me? Uh, no, I don't hate you. I was just saying that. I love you. You're oh. my, like, like a brother from another mother. I love you too. Yeah. Hey, uh, Lighting, did you hear? No! No, I did not. So uh, our, uh, our surmising, if you will, mm-hmm. was correct. Uh, the 2023 Ford Maverick Tremor just made its appearance. You mean our guesswork was uh, somewhat accurate? So, We're like uh, Sherlock Holmes? Yep. So uh, Ford's smallest truck joins Ranger, F-150, and Super Duty in getting the Tremor off-road treatment. So 
What does that mean for the Maverick? Well, it's a little Damn, bit more. There has been so much Maverick news in the last couple of days. Have yeah, you Ford people... hasn't stopped. They can't even give them to the people no, that no, bought them yet. No, no, but hold on. It's not just Ford. It's like people really love this truck. Trucklet. Trucklet. Uh, truck, sport truck. utility truck. Okay. No. Well, is that what we decided we were going to call them? Sport so utility trucks? Ridgeline adjacent. No, no, crossover trucks. Crossover Crossover truck. trucks. It is Ridgeline adjacent. I want to hate it. I don't, though. Mm. It's a great little crossover truck. It's not a pickup truck, but it's a great crossover okay. yep. truck. Anyway, uh, if you are going to click off the Tremor box, it turns out that uh, you do get uh, an upgraded Maverick. So this is the uh, fourth in the family. So what do you get with the Maverick Tremor package? You got a spring for the XLT or Lariat to begin with. That gives you the 250 horsepower, 277 pound-foot of torque, two-liter EcoBoost i4 engine. So the front-wheel drive only standard hybrid will entry-level XL will not be Tremor. You also get that you know uh, signature Tremor orange accents. So whether that's on the tow hooks, there's kind of like mountain bike wheel where one set of spoke holes is uh, orange on the grill, embroidery on the seats, you know all that kind of stuff. So you get all that. By the way, I kind of like that whole. Um I've seen it on some uh, – Ken Block had a set of wheels like that at one point. Yeah, where, it comes from the mountain biking world. Is that what it, it is? Yeah. Just, it's, is that so you can see the rotation of the wheel and I how fast it's so. spinning? I think, or just, I think it's just style. Just artistic. Yeah, so so Chevy started doing that with their uh, Redline uh, vehicles a few years ago, but that all came from the but mountain I thought bike that world. was just a stripe. The Redline wheels were just like two small yeah, stripes but I mean, just, the wheel. Yeah, but that's what I mean, though. It's just that accent color popped in there. They started – that's probably one of the first OEs to start experimenting with it. Now you're starting to see it on different concepts, and this is one of the first – where it's actually on a, a production vehicle. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's definitely uh, out of uh, the world of mountain biking, which is kind of rad. So the Tremor logos are uh, copious, if uh, if I can say that. There you is, just did. There's also a Tremor appearance package that includes a, a carbonized gray roof, carbonized mirror caps, and then you also get the uh, more graphics on the hood and side body. 17-inch aluminum wheels are in a 235-65 R17 Wild Peak AT. And then also you get a one-inch lift, and Ford says, quote-unquote, off-road tuned suspension with increased ride height with unique front and rear springs and shocks. So we don't know what the shocks are. Ford didn't say anything. They just said unique. Yeah, we're looking toward- That's odd. Yeah, I don't know if it's just a tune or what. Um, so we, we've got to find out it from could, Ford. It could be a color as well. Who knows? It's just- uh, <laughs> Unique. Unique. Yeah, okay. It's, it's sort of like markings, right? Lighting? Yeah, license plate markings, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, uh, so in in uh, addition to the upgraded one-inch lifted suspension with unique uh, springs and shocks, mm-hmm. a tapered front bumper for an improved approach angle of actually 10 degrees over the front-wheel drive Maverick Hybrid, which is pretty good, uh, steel skid plates for undercarriage protection, and then a heavy-duty tranny cooler and upgraded half shaft. So it's actually pretty darn comprehensive. You get five selectable drive modes, you get trail control with the upgraded all-wheel drive system that gets torque vectoring to the rear differential. So mm-hmm. that's basically like what's in the Bronco Sport Badlands. And then uh, the because the Maverick FX4 doesn't have that. And then uh, trail control, obviously like off-road cruise control. The driver can set the speed and steer and the truck controls brakes and throttle. It has that. The twin clutch rear drive unit uh, differential. So it allows a virtual like rear axle torque to go to either wheel. So it's not like a, it's not like a, Full locker, but it sort of can lock them or can send power either way, whatever the wherever the traction needs to go. Interesting. So that's I believe that's a Dana unit. I think that we talked about that in our Dana episode. Hmm. So anyway, the Tremor is about thirty eight hundred pounds, which is the heaviest, but it can still tow two thousand pounds. So that means it's not with the four K max tow package. Payload is actually twelve hundred pounds, which is surprisingly three hundred pounds less than other Mavericks, but twelve hundred pounds is still 
right on par with like a Toyota Tacoma TRD Pro Where's, or whatever. Remind me what a Gladiator is. Do you recall? Uh, for payload? Yeah. Uh, I think it's- uh, Is it comparable? I think it's 1650. So and, more. And then a Rubicon is like uh, oh, uh, 13 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, but this is, you know, for what it is, it's, it's not bad. So all that, Tremor Off-Road Package, twenty nine ninety five more. And then you can add the appearance package for another fourteen ninety five. I think it's going to be popular. I think so, too. I really do. I mean, you get a, a lift, a little meatier tire, better approach and departure angle, but the hardware is different. You get trail control and you get the knobs and you get all... I just... I, I want to be like, no, it's <laughs> Ridgeline adjacent. It's so but, lame. But, but it's not. It's, Ford's no, doing cool... It's also cool lame adjacent. Yeah, it's, Ford's doing cool stuff with it. So. Yeah. Hey, Whatever. Lightning, did you hear? I did not. Apparently, the uh, next-gen 2024 Toyota Tacoma will offer gas, hybrid, and full EV trucks on the same platform. Really? Uh, yes. Hmm. So, uh, more to come on that as uh, as we get uh, closer to the expected on-sale date, which we think will be spring of next year. So, for all of you people who are tired of the current Tacoma like me, uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, you'll be reset in spring. I have signed up for a few Tacoma events because, as you know, at Banks, we're the pedal monsters become yep. hot for the t- Tacoma guys. Uh, because, it needs it. Well, because they overload those suckers yep. like mad, and then they go, oh, I, oh, my truck doesn't have any get up and go anymore. It's because you put 7,000 pounds yep. on this lightweight truck, and it, yep. it's get up and go is gone. So uh, It uh, get up and went? It went, <laughs> get up and went, the <laughs> pedal monster. Anyway, so I've signed up for these, these Tacoma events all over Southern California, and it, it's mind-bottling as- uh, Mind-bottling or wait, boggling? No, no, bottling. You're bottling your mind? That's weird. Yeah, that's a line from, I just stole from Will Ferrell. Okay. I don't well. know if Talladega Nights or Brothers or whatever it was, so, or Step Brothers. Uh, who did it best? Uh, Truck not Show me. Podcast yeah, at Yeah, no, not com. me. I'm just ripping off funny lines. Hey, uh, did you hear? How about- No. No. 2024 Ram 1500 EV. Uh, Ram says it's electric pickup truck. Uh, its performance will make up for its lateness to the market. Okay. I mean, I think you want to hear that. Again, we've talked about it in the past where uh, it's on a skateboard platform. It ha- is supposed to have you know, uh, copious amounts of battery and all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive capability, but uh, has some sort of on-board range extender, like a generator or something. God, mm-hmm. I hope that's true. That would be so rad to put gas in your EV. Sign me up. <laughs> Just... The, why is people are coming around now going? Why not? You know, trains have been diesel over electric yeah, forever. Sure. Right? Why not do that? Oh, well, and why does no one do it? Somebody might. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Nope, I did not. Ford has announced the new F one hundred and fifty Lightning Pro SSV Special Services Vehicle Police Truck. The uh, new cop pickup is spun from the all electric Lightning, and uh, it's for the most part modeled after the regular F one hundred and fifty Police Responder Rig. So this is not a pursuit-rated vehicle. It's purely for a patrol and response vehicle, even though uh, with the standard-range batteries, dual electric motors combined for 452 horsepower and 775 pound-feet of torque, and the big battery long-range model gets 580 horsepower, but the same torque. In that latter configuration, uh, Ford claims the Pro SSV can hit 60 in under four seconds. In wow. Wow. I mean, it may not be pursuit rated, but you can certainly uh, get get in the hunt a little bit. Yeah, as, as I mean, all, remember all the, the cops can never catch like the street yeah, bikes I, I and know, stuff. Right. Well, it's uh, coming until your battery runs yeah. out. Uh, in Motor Trends testing, a F one fifty Lightning Lariat model without the platinum trim's bigger wheels and extra equipment was able to hit zero to sixty in uh, three point eight seconds. Holy crap! I mean, that's pretty fast. That's moving out. And I, having known police officers and been in that world briefly, I think that the uh, silent quality of pulling up on you know a call mm-hmm. is 
going to be pretty rad for uh, for officers. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget the police department I worked at. We had a, a old square body Chevy Caprice that we used to take as part of an exhibition to like the Pomona drags and stuff like that. And it was a police car, had a radio, had lights, sirens. And that was the car that the reserve officers would use on weekends. <laughs> and I'll never forget this one call. Like the officer I was with, he and I show up to this call yeah. first. And it's like some crazy like seven foot man on meth. And like you can see the dude in the window and he's massive because he's like backlit by a light and the curtains are closed. And he looks like he's 400 feet tall. And I will never forget, like we called for uh, backup. In cars, you know, they all have like their blackout lights where you hit the button and all the lights are, are dark and everybody's down the street parking and, you know, silent mode and lights out. And then they're walking because they don't want you to hear the engine, right? So all these officers are, are on their way. Sure. And everybody's getting to the front of the house and the garage and the corners and starting to like put themselves like, you know. Oh, no. And, and here, here comes the car. <laughs> down the street and everybody looks. Like even all the cops. Like we're looking in through the window at this seven foot high man on meth and everybody turns their their head to look down the street at the stupid reserve police car. Uh, like just big old cam, lopey cam, just 350, just, uh, you know, going out. So. Twice my, in one show. My point is, if they had a uh, F-150 Lightning SSV, mm-hmm. they could have both gone to the Pomona Drags and pulled up silently to that call. Yeah, true that. All right, Lightning, did you hear? No. No. Uh, major outdoor retailer REI joined forces with Airstream. So they're doing a special edition camper, which is pretty rad. So, Well, that's, that's that feels like a marriage that should have happened a decade ago. Yeah, this one's actually kind of cool. So it's based on the Airstream base camp. I guess the 16-foot model. There's a longer one they just released uh, a couple years ago or something. It's like a 20-foot, something like that. This is on the smaller one, but this is what you get with it. So... You get the Airstream 16-foot base camp, which is their little, you know, uh, kind of more of a bare-bones trailer. It's actually kind of a cool-looking pod thing. It includes a 3-inch lift because it comes with the off-road package. Increased departure angle, Goodyear Wrangler 235-75-15 all-terrain tires wrapped around special aluminum uh, black wheels. Stainless steel stone guards, uh, window protection, and uh, made for bumpy trails and things like that. It's basically an X-package, you know, base camp. But what they add to it is bunch of uh, styling courtesy of uh, REI, you know, like the spruce wood that's inside is a color commonly associated with REI. Uh, you can find different, you know, uh, color on the uh, the propane shroud in the front, rear door jam trim, exterior badging, elements of that spruce green also carry into the interior to help distinguish it from the Forest Ridge, gr- uh, Glacier Lake, and Red Rock Base Camp interiors. Different fabric, 50% post-consumer recyclable polyester, you know, all that kind of cool green, you know, stuff. Yep. Um, and then a green slate galley top and UV-coated birch ply cabinetry adds kind of warmth. The race coin vinyl flooring is grippy and durable. And it's only 2,700 pounds. So it's super lightweight, uh, has 800 pounds of gear uh, payload in it. So bikes and stuff can be loaded through the rear door. There's L-Track uh, for the storage system. Like, it's just a cool trailer. But all that stuff, right? Oh, Standard features of the REI edition, water filtration system, water purification uh, to, you know, so if you have to pull from a stream off grid or something, a pre-filter UV UV LED smart drinking faucet for disinfected drinking water straight from the 21-gallon tank. The second is recirculating water heater, which means water doesn't get passed to the faucet until it's right temperature, stays in the tank until it's warm. 
And then optional features include uh, solar and the bathroom. So you can get uh, optional. <laughs> I like how the bathroom is optional. Yeah, well, 360. Because I've been crapping in the woods for 30 years. What do I need a toilet Sometimes for? Sometimes that's satisfying. Mm-hmm. 360 watt flexible rooftop solar panel system with a 200 amp hour lithium battery bank, um, which is pretty cool. And uh, all that. Oh, can I guess? At, can you guess the price? Yes. REI edition. And this is, again, the 16 foot you said? Yeah. So the base without those options of, of like solar and stuff. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Base model is 46,000. Okay. What do you oh, think the REI edition you. is? Uh, oh, I think they stuck another 25 on top. 52.9. Okay. So that's better than that's I expected. That's reasonable yeah, for that all is, that extra equipment. Now, yeah. That's expensive for a trailer, but you know, airstreams are usually constructed a little bit better. The RV that's market's not that kind of, yeah. the RV market's on fire yeah, right now. Is. If you want to go build a custom or uh, your trailer, yeah. you're looking at 18 months. Yeah, well, for so, sure. Oh, I, I I would suspect that this is probably an order item. Yeah, right? says you can be you can order it right now through Airstream dealers, and there'll be a sweepstakes that REI is going to be uh, holding, so that one lucky REI member will win one. Oh, that's kind of so cool. That's cool. So check it out. Head over to uh, REI.com. All right, hey Lightning, did you hear? No, no. Nope. Uh, diesel exhaust tuner Flow Pro, fine. No, hold on a second. Yes. Yes, I did hear this. Yeah. Because so it's diesel. The EPA dished out yet another seven-figure fine. So this time, uh, Flow Pro Performance, and then I guess it's distributor Thunder Diesel and Performance, violated the Clean Air Act, and there's a 2018 EPA investigation that they sold. Can you guess how many emission defeat devices, according to this article? So Flow Pro is a Canadian company, and he was bringing the stuff in through Thunder, which was bet somewhere down in like Louisiana. Yeah, I so believe. it was his subsidiary in America for distribution. Exactly. Uh, how many did he sell? Yep. Oh. Boy. Manufactured or sold. There is a number here. He was crushing it for a very long time. I'll bet you he sold... I'll bet you he sold 100,000. 100,000. Is that true? 100,000. Wow. Okay, that was a guess. And his fine was 1.6 million, yep. which sounds like pennies, because I bet he made so, a fortune. Yeah, so in addition to halting the sales of... So think about that, right? So let's say... For for poops and giggles, right? Mm-hmm. You have a hundred thousand. What do you think they were? They were probably five hundred dollars each. Yeah, they were. Flowplow was less expensive than banks, and uh, right around MBRP. So yeah, they're in the threes, high threes. Okay, so I mean, maybe right maybe the four. Maybe the fine does hurt. Maybe the fine does hurt. I don't know. Do the math. Three hundred bucks times one hundred thousand pieces. One hundred thousand units. So you look at thirty million dollars. In addition to halting the sales, of course, uh, paying the fine. Uh, which I think they negotiated down, FlowPro will no longer provide technical support or honor warranties. So if you got one of those on your truck, it, uh, don't call their number. They will I mean, not listen, answer. at the end of the day, it's a piece of straight pipe. So yeah, like right. you go to a muffler shop who will, oh man, will muffler shops even do that? Or are uh, they, they freaking- They probably won't even touch it. I, I just don't think they want the liability. So you know what, guy? Your, your, your buddy Bob, who takes the six-pack of Natty Ice, mm-hmm. he'll probably still do it for you. I was just going to say, if you can find the stainless, which, by the way, stainless tubing or 409, 304, whatever you're looking for, you might even have to, you might find 409. But getting that stuff and then handing, getting a straight piece of three and a half, four inch or five inch, which is really tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, you need a, a length of like five, six feet of it, potentially, yeah. if yours rots. Then you got to weld flanges on the ends because you ain't going to find that with flanges. Right. And then you got to convince your buddy to weld it for you in his mm. garage. And that's all just shady city. <sighs> shady city indeed. 
So, Holman, how do you feel about calling two-storied, well-respected, um, four-by-four aficionados that are into really wacky vehicles? I think they're just car aficionados. They have a weird, eclectic uh, mix of stuff. Well, then you just backed up what I said. Yeah, but not just four by four. It's all sorts of stuff. It's total like obscure automobilia. For some people, sure. For (laughs) them, not so much. (laughs) Not not so much. So we're going to call, is it Mercedes and Andy Lilienthal? So uh, Andy, you'll remember from being on the podcast before. uh, Oh, he's a Warren guy. He works for Warren. Nice. So he's our our Warren dude and his uh, lovely wife, uh, Mercedes. And uh, they are going to do again the Alcan 5000. Again? They've they've done it before. But they did it in their Pajero. Their right-hand drive diesel Pajero. You're going to have to explain what a Pajero is. Okay, let's call. All right. Hello. Hello, hello. Is this Mercedes and or Andy Lilienthal? (laughs) <laughs> it is and yes, we got them both. Did uh, did Jay actually pronounce your name correctly? Is it Lilienthal? <laughs> yes, you got it. See, okay, good. I can read. That's uh, I, I point, ca- point in the lightning call. I caught him ahead of the uh, the call where uh, he made the common uh, pronunciation mistake, and I go Lilienthal. Look at their name again, and there's another I and an E, and so it exactly. became Lilienthal. Got it. Exactly how it looks. See. Okay. Okay. There's Most nothing tricky. Get it wrong. I know. All right, so you guys, got your back. you guys are into uh, freak show cars, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty maybe, much. maybe. That's <laughs> how. That's how I break the ice. Hold on a second. Before we can get to your amazing story, we got a quick intro. Don't move. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with? All right, so uh, what you guys are going to share about is the fact that uh, you have actually done the legendary Alkin 5000 rally, which uh, was started all the way back in 1984 when it had 23 entries and went 4,700 miles, was the largest uh, rally in North America. And then uh, in February of 1990, uh, they stretched it to 6,300 miles. But you guys did it back in uh, 2020 in your weird right-hand drive diesel Mitsubishi (laughs) Pajero. Why? That is correct. Yes, yes. In the winter. In the winter. Why? I because because that's what we do. Well, we love a challenge. That sounds like a challenge. That does sound like now. I I so the event I think is coming up in uh, what on the the twenty third of this month, right? So it'll be twenty third of next month. August twenty third. Next August twenty third. Yep. Okay. Now I did the Al. This is lightning speaking. I did the Alcan Highway. And I did it in a Ford Ranger, a four-wheel drive Ford Ranger in December, mid-December. And I drove it from L.A. all the way to Alaska. And I didn't do the off-road part that I think we're going to talk to you guys about. You're doing like 30% of it's off-road. But I drove that sucker in December. And All right, what was your lowest temps? Because Andy and Mercedes hit negative 47. So I don't know what the lowest temp is because we didn't have anything to measure it at the time. Ah. I, I was dared a hundred dollars by my, the the driver at the time. It was me and another guy. There's one I worked at K Rock. Did the radio you get uh, Hold- frostbite on your wiener? So no, but I did take off my shirt and at 60 miles an hour on the Alcan Highway up in uh, Whitehorse, I took off my shirt and I tried to s- stay outside the window for a minute and I couldn't do it. A I was, minute's a, a minute, long time. I couldn't time. do it. It was like 16 <laughs> seconds is all I could last. And it was so painful. My nipples hurt so bad, dude. It was You're awful. not even going to play a That's What She Said drop on that. You <laughs> I, deserve that for I, yourself. I really should. Oh my gosh. 
That's what she said. I mean, come on. So, that was ripe for the uh, picking there. T-ball. And that's what she said. Another one there. <laughs> um, so explain how you guys got into this rally and some of the history behind it. Yeah. You know, I had always wanted to, to do some time speed distance road rally kind of stuff. So it's all held on public roads. Uh, we'll put roads in quotes. You are never told to ex- exceed the speed limit. You have to follow all the rules, all, all, you know, the road, that kind of thing. Not a race. And then, um, yeah, it's a rally. And so... Uh, and, and in fact, people- right, the way a rally works is because you have timed checkpoints, you don't want to come in too fast because then you've broken the rules of speeding, right? Exactly. Right. It's all about accuracy. And so basically, right. I had heard about the Alcan, and it was a bucket list thing. And then, you know, at some point, you're like, let's just cross this off and do it. And... And we, and we, uh, we did, we started with some local time speed distance rallies, uh, some which were on road, some were gravel and dirt. Um, and, uh, we kind of got used to the format and then, yeah, the, the Alcan is, a is, is a heck of a thing. We're still getting used to the format of time speed distance challenges, <laughs> but you know, everybody starts from somewhere and we're having a great time doing it. It's a challenge. Now, are the, the waypoints, are they? Um, are you there overnight? Are you camping? Or is it just like check in, get some card punched, or, or go find some treasure somewhere and then hit the road again? Yeah, so there are, there are dedicated stop points where everybody stops at a, at a motel for the evening. Uh, and, you know, if, you're, if you roll in early, earlier than we did, you end up getting dinner, you know, go grab dinner, whatever. We were car 39 out of car 40. So we would leave almost 40 minutes after the first car left, and we were driving a 100-horsepower Japanese domestic model turbo diesel. <laughs> and so there were, there were a few nights where— But in fairness, pieces, in all fairness, it's a two-door, so it's not a lot, not it, super heavy. It, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's, uh, but so we would roll in late enough that the restaurants would close, so it was, you know, like Mountain House or, uh, you know, like a— beef jerky and granola bar dinner. So. Free, freeze ride the uh, dinner to the rescue. That's funny. That's what uh, Lightning and I had for dinner today. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, there you go. You know oh, what? Aren't you lucky? We, we could go on the Alcan. We could podcast on the Alcan. We're all, we already have the diet down. Yeah. <laughs> we and look like the mountain man up there. A couple of other people requested, uh, you know, taking uh, the, the rear seats, uh, and we don't even know who they were, but they're like, hey, we want to go with you this year. Can we sit in the rear seat? We'll, we'll promise to be good, but, like, uh, I don't know who you are. Like but, internet uh, hitchhikers. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. <laughs> well, that's weird. Yeah, that's super <laughs> sketch. Don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. You know what I found? Did you guys find the same thing in December? A lot of the uh, gas stations are shut down because the tourist traffic is so minimal. And so there will be signs posted along the Alcan that says like next rest stop 440 miles or next gas station. And I came across a couple of guys in like old beater trucks that had welded their bed shut and turned them into gas uh, like gas cans. Basically what? tanks. Wow. I don't know if that's common or you ran into that. Or I, wow. I assume they're they're planning out, you know, uh, uh, gas stops for you because you've got a small tank on that thing. Right. Um, yeah. So the Pajero, we were uh, very fortunate. We worked with a company called Long Range America. They're U.S. distributors of an Australian company called Long Range Automotive to put an auxiliary tank in our Pajeros. We actually had double the mi- the, the mileage or kilometers, obviously. For we range. had like 500 miles of range. We had to pee before we had to actually gas up so or diesel up. Um, but yeah, a lot of people ended up having to stop. And in 2020, of course, you know, we were rallying back then in, in um, February and March, and there were people that had to use their jerry cans and um, fill up their fuel in negative 20 degrees. And and there were, um, you know, diesel or there were uh, fuel stops that were, uh, we ran across one that was a very remote one. Everybody had to stop. They ran out of power. So they didn't let us fuel up. 
they didn't even let us go to the bathroom. They so, couldn't yeah. flush the toilet. They couldn't flush the toilet. We, we so, ran uh, into a closed fuel station at Fort McPherson, and uh, which is south of Inuvik. And yeah, they just they didn't open till later in the day, just because you know there wasn't that many people going by. So we it was had, like after nine a.m. I think is when they they decided to open, and everybody was going through their whole rally circuit was going through at like eight or eight thirty. And but but the Alcan five thousand rally is very good at knowing where to stop, who's got what, and making sure card readers work for credit cards and all that type of stuff. It's just unforeseen, you know, uh, challenges that we have to face. So a lot of people carry extra fuel. We did make the, uh, we did come up with the phrase, you never pass gas on the Alcan. We would not be able to live by that. (laughs) Or (laughs) If if Lightning and I were in a uh, car together for that long. Hey, uh, (laughs) so this this year's trip... um, Goes through uh, Kirkland, Jasper via, uh, via uh, was it Quiznell? Uh, Telegraph? Quiznell. That's the place that yeah. su- they have submarine sandwiches, right? Oh, that's Quiznos. Sorry, wrong spot. <laughs> wrong, wrong uh, spot. yeah, bad, bad joke fell uh, fell flat mm-hmm. with this reviewer. <laughs> hey, uh, the Telegraph <laughs> Creek, Dawson City, Whitehorse, Skagway, and Yellowknife. And this is all through uh, beautiful Alaska. And if uh, if you haven't been, uh, it's amazing up there, right? And it's part of the, I guess part of it goes through the Yukon too, right? Right. Actually, the majority of this, so this is a very different route from 2020. So there's only a small dip into Alaska. That is if all of the roads still stay open because we had a major washout just a couple weeks ago and uh, by Liard um, Hot Springs area. But we should be dipping into Alaska by Skagway and I think one other point, but the majority of it is in BC and in uh, Yukon and also the Northwest Territories. And we finished in in Jasper and Alberta. So I'd say what, 95% of it's all in Canada this year. Yeah. I was looking at it. I guess, uh, yeah, Dawson City, Whitehorse, Yellowknife, those are all, if you've uh, ever watched, like, Gold Rush and stuff like that. Uh, that's Yukon. That's the Yukon. That's, yeah, that's where I mean, uh, dude, it's like all one, those guys are. What is it, like, population of one person for every 100 square miles? And it's just, there's no one up there. Yeah, you guys going to go hang out with Tony Beats? Yeah, we're going to go mine some, we're going to pan for some gold, too. Uh, <laughs> if we're lucky, that we'll be able to go back to Dawson and go to the hotel and get, um, and do another uh, sour toe cocktail. What's, what's uh, involved in that? Oh, uh, you don't know. It's a, it's a I don't know. Severed, it's a severed and mummified human toe is submerged in Yukon Jack and uh, no. you have to sign a waiver. Yeah, it's no. uh, it's, right. it's ridiculous. That's a hard pass for me. Yeah, no, that's a. <laughs> that, see, Negative. Canadians are, are are have weird no. things like that. Like when I was in Newfoundland, to be an honorary one, there's a whole like thing you had to drink and say and bite the head off of fish and I did it, but. Uh, yeah, it's weird because I thought they said a severed toe. I'm sure I misunderstood. But right, that's what it sounded like. Right, severed oh, yeah. toe yeah, is what yeah. I heard. Yeah, yeah, it is. Sour toe cocktail. I wouldn't bite off a head off a fish, but I let a mummified toe touch my lips, and um, it's a severe fine if you actually do swallow it or that type of thing. I won't go into details, but we both did it once already, and we'll do it again for yeah. sure. It's a okay. rite of passage. Uh, ho- ho- yeah, party. hold on, hold on one second. Well, maybe it's a good time for me to mention that uh, parents with small children listening uh, might want to be aware that this particular talk is intended for a, a more mature audience. Okay, I got that out of the way. Yeah, I, I, I believe the thing I did in Newfoundland was uh, became a uh, a a uh, did a screeching, I guess, and a what a screeching? Yeah, it was uh, it was a whole thing you got to do. You got to kiss a cod and. You got to drink their their hooch and you know sing a song and you get a certificate. Uh-huh. And I have one somewhere. You have a wow. certificate from doing all these things. Yeah, I feel like I did that in Order of the Arrow out in uh, the Mojave Desert. No, they don't when make you kid. kiss a cod there. Oh, okay, maybe no, not. No, 
Definitely not. Um, so let's talk about the Pajero for a minute. How do you have it outfitted? Why are, do you guys love weird J? I mean, you guys have uh, the Delica van. Why all this weird JDM right-hand drive stuff? Well, I grew up with Mitsubishi cars and, and, and trucks and stuff like uh, as a kid, and which is kind of what we always had. And I've always had sort of a penchant for the for the different. Like, hey, I got I I think Jeeps and Tacomas and a lot of the mainstream four wheel drives are amazing. And I got nothing against them. I just like stuff that's a little bit different. You know, when I was a kid, I remember you know it was like 13 years old and talked to this guy at this cruise cruising area and and he would just say, you know, you know, a common truck will go by and like, wow, that's a really nice Jeep or. Or whatnot. You're like, yeah, and then, but something bizarre will go by. You're like, whoa, what is that? What is that? And I it, always sense that I've always been drawn to it. You know that's well, you know that's next level, right? <laughs> like, when, like I, I get it because I was the same way. Like when I rode motorcycles, everybody had like R sixes and, and R had a Buell, and I had a Buell because I like yeah. being weird and different. But like, sure, yeah. but I didn't right. have a right hand drive Buell from Japan. <laughs> Well, yeah. first off, I bike. mean, it right. would be hard to do that, but I'm just my. You get my point, right? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, maybe we're a little bit more on the eccentric side, but I mean, my my parents emigrated from Germany, and so I was always a little bit different. But I invited it, you know. I I just I never fit in anywhere, but then I hence kind of fit in everywhere. So I think you know, it's not a Toyota, it's not a Jeep. We love crazy right hand drive uh, Mitsubishi's, but and other things as well. But uh, yeah, you know, that's kind of how we roll. How did you find yeah. each other? Uh, we actually met on the way down to a car show in Chicago in 2000. That's oh, that's a really good way of summing it up. That would take like a whole other hour of podcast. Wait, 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 wait! You met on the way, so you picked her up on the side of the road. Like, what happened? She was an internet hitchhiker. Mutual friend, mutual friend. Uh, she was. I was living. Well, we were both living in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area of Minnesota, and. Uh, we had some friends down in Chicago. They were going to go down to Chicago Near for Chicago. for yeah, a car show. And uh, my buddy's like, hey, do you mind giving this girl a ride down? She, we went to the same college but didn't know each other. So, Well, we're all we're all gearheads. And so I knew the one guy, Matt, and he, you know, and or he, I knew Chad. He knew Matt in the same house several hours away. They said, hey, you know, I just was there the weekend before. And then I went back up. You know, of course, starving college kid. I had no money for gas money to go back down by myself. And they said, hey, we know, you know, a buddy of ours, Andy, he's going to go down too. We want him to go down. He's, he's also gearhead why don't you uh give give him a lift and of course we haven't stopped talking since and that was since 2000 all right so when in that trip at what point was it the second time you passed bucky's or uh somebody said something about a waffle house or whatever like what what point did you go yep i'm marrying this person <laughs> maybe maybe it was me not having coffee and we stopped at Perkins. I think wasn't it the way back home and I had like seven cups of caffeinated coffee and I not I've never really had coffee before. Yeah it was pretty crazy. <laughs> wow. Well, she was she was cracked out on her first date. I was. I was buzzing pretty hard, but maybe I was just high on, uh, yeah. And, and, caffeine, yeah. yeah. Maybe it was just love. Caffeine and love and, yeah, all the, all the crazy things that those kids say at those days, you know. So, guys, uh, on the Alcan Highway, in the middle of the trip, your Mitsubishi breaks down. Where do you get parts? Like, what do you, you're not using right. bubble gum yeah, and, and razor blades. So, or your diesel gels at negative 47. Oh, what do you think? Right. Well, you so know, we had, additive. We had a, we had a Webasto uh, Thermotop Evo coolant heater installed, so it would circulate coolant, uh, warm it up before we'd start the vehicle. That's the only way we could start the vehicle. But if uh, the good news is most of the Mon- uh, most of the Pajero stuff is US, same as U.S. Montero stuff. Now, not that the Montero parts are lining the shelves at O'Reilly's, but um, <laughs> especially it wasn't- in the uh, in Alaska or uh, BC, right? So. 
you know what though? The U.S. has a 25-year import law, right? So you can't bring in cars that are newer than 25 years. But Canada has a 15-year law. So all these cars that we've had, we just get here, they've been available for 10 years before in Canada. And there's a lot better parts access up in Canada. Now, again, I'm not walking into Lord Co. or some of the other Canadian auto parts stores and just picking up, a, you know, a head for a Mitsubishi 45.6 turbo diesel. But, you know, we brought spares. We brought the we brought the uh, alternator that's got the vacuum on the back of it, bought thermostat, bought glow plugs, stuff that I know I wouldn't be able to get. I mean, listen, if it throws a rod, it throws a rod. It doesn't matter if you're driving a new JK or, if, or a JK or you're driving a Pajero, you're done. So How dare you, Andy? How dare you? <laughs> we, we tried to be a JK, not JL. Car. <laughs> well, the three eighths—they were your mini. Three eighths, right? yeah. <laughs> and so, can you give us some backstory on the how d- does the average public get to partake in this, or or how can they watch it? Can, can you watch? Can, can it be watched or watch live yeah. or tracked? Can you guys be tracked along your way? Yeah, those are good questions. So anybody can really enter the Alcan 5000 Rally. Um, there, It's like the Olympics. So every other year, there's a winter version, then the summer version, then the winter, then the summer. So um, this year, we're doing it next month, as you guys mentioned. We're actually partnering with Subaru of America and getting an Outback Wilderness for it that we're building up for it. Yeah, so anybody can enter. Um, you can get on the wait list uh, if the, it's already filled up. The summer version has... Four, you know, four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive, rear wheel. If you're wanting to do that, um, it's about 30% or so, plus or minus gravel and dirt. So it makes life very interesting. But the summer also has adventure bikes too. So either BMW, KTM, that type of thing. Um, the winter uh, is, is completely different, but the winter is typically the most popular. So um, we all have to have trackers. So they, they do have a system, or at least in 2020, they had a system where people could follow along and find where every team number was dotted along in a map. And it, it, it would update on a regular basis. I'm assuming they have something like that already in place for this year. I don't know yet, but we all have to have uh, satellite communications in our cars and also have buddy car systems so that we a, are connected with a couple of cars in a, in a you know motorbike so that we can all make sure we don't die up there, right? That's the number one thing. Make sure they're all safe and help each other and then uh, have emergency com- uh, communications too. Her mom would message us like that night being like, oh, your hotel tonight looks pretty good. Like, oh, okay. They knew before we did because they had the trackers and said where we were going. Uh, yeah. There you go. So so what were some of your most exciting times in the first time that you did it? Like what, what was the, your best memories or scariest moments or – did you hit? I, I got. I got to ask this. Did how many moose they did, did not you hit see? a moose? They didn't. Well, I, no. I almost hit a moose when I was up there. Well, I'm not they, even joking. Like I almost hit a moose. Did I tell you about the time that Jason Gonderman and I were in Tennessee and we get in a Nismo GTR and we get out on this country road and Jason guns it and a deer jumps over <gasps> the GTR no. as we went under it. No. Yeah. Oh. True story. We got lucky. Yeah, we did get we lucky saw, on that one. We saw tons of wildlife. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. We saw moose. We saw caribou. We saw. Um, uh, bison. Um, we saw all sorts of stuff. It was crazy. But we, we um, all, okay. Andy, tell them about Wolfie. Oh yeah. So I we were at the Arctic Circle. No lie. We were refueling uh, people's uh, our buddy cars uh, tanks at the Arctic Circle with Jerry cans. Was that when you winched yourself out at the Arctic Circle sign? Yeah. That's, or is another, that another, that's story? another story. But so um, I ended up uh, hearing some chatter over the race radios that we had, and they somebody said, oh, yeah, at mile 411 or whatever it was, there was a wolf in the road. I'm like, holy smokes, a wolf. And so I get on there, I'm like, where was it? And they said, oh, mile 411. And I'm, oh, okay. I'm like, ah, we're like 10 miles from there. So anyway, so we get done, we start heading down the Dempster Highway towards Eagle Plains and come around a corner, and there's this huge freaking wolf 
standing in the middle of the road. And I was just like, oh my gosh. That's I, good luck. I did it. That's good I luck. Oh, okay. That's oh, gonna, well, that makes that, sense. The, the natives, they, they say that's good luck. You want wolves are good. Okay. Well, well it must have been good, be good because I didn't wreck and I kept it shiny side up, but I did panic a little bit and uh, jammed on the brakes, uh, which we don't have. We have good brakes, but they were not. No, there's no ABS. Yet. So in being short wheelbase, it's like under 90 inch wheelbase. And uh, yeah, I stomped the brakes and then oh, started sliding sideways. sideways. Wolfie jumps over the bank to keep munching on a caribou carcass. And I uh, proceed to um, need a change of drawers. So, but, uh, <laughs> Story. I have a photo of Wolfie's back end as he decides to jump over said uh, a snowbank. But I, I will say, in terms of memorable stuff, there that was memorable. Uh, there, there's so many of them. I we did have to put it into a snowbank at one point where there were about four of us uh, driving down the road and a semi truck in front of us, and then all of a sudden just brakes, 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 and I uh, we had to jam the brakes on, jam the brakes on, and I had to make that split split second decision. It might be safest to rear end the guy in front of me. If there's an oncoming traffic, you don't want a head on collision. Sure. Luckily there wasn't. So I went around, I just cut left hard and sailed it right into a thankfully very fluffy snowbank. But, uh, well, and that was where another team actually also from Portland had careened off the road. Um, and their AT4 Sierra Denali that was, um, a couple, what I think, what maybe 100 yards in. I mean, they, they were, were quite far, they, were, they in. were in, in, in. And so, um, there was rally traffic on the side, and it was a bluebird skies. It was absolutely beautiful, but it was all the snow dust that was hanging in the air. So, it was that was a little bit crazy, but you know, we also had so many memorable moments. Like, like Andy and I hit two different countries worth of Arctic circles, we passed through two countries of Arctic circles four times in less than three and a half days. Well, I've never been that. to Arctic Circle once, so if I'm, out of the four people on this call right now, I'm the only one who's never gone to the and, Arctic and Circle. And don't ask them to sit in the back seat, because you're a creeper. <laughs> no, I won't sit in the back seat because I get car sick back there. Oh, yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. I definitely don't want that. Hey, I, uh, so as you're coming up, you're going up, doing 55, 60, whatever your little, uh, with the Pajero's doing, yep. and a big rig passes you the other way, because the big rigs, they don't care. Oh, they, don't, yeah. they don't slow down. And what right. I noticed, and, and tell me this, if you experienced this. They don't yes. dump salt up there to melt the snow because it's too expensive. They dump gravel or something there about lava rock, whatever it yes. is. The the, the right. trucks are doing fifty five, sixty miles an hour on the going the other direction, and they're carrying a whirlwind of this mess, sandblasting. And it no, it's not sandblasting. It's hundreds of bazookas firing. It's as if your rock. spaceship went through like the uh, the meteor asteroid belt, yeah, yeah, asteroid belt, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> right. I, so we went up there with this brand new Ranger, and we came back with a completely destroyed windshield. It was right. destroyed. You could have kicked it out with your well, foot. There's about twenty ways to destroy a windshield up there, right? You got the temperature change from your nice yes. probably 50 degrees inside the car to minus 47 out you've got all the rocks on it you've got the inevitable wildlife that's probably going to go through and end up on your lap um but this <laughs> one not. but Holman, this one was the scariest because you're driving along and you see the truck coming and there's nothing you can do you just you you close right. your eyes and point straight and it's just it's so freaking loud it just rocks that was your loud. windshield was well, it that loud? It was way louder. <laughs> way louder. 
Yeah, you know, we we had that. And, you know, with the Pajero, we've got a nice little crack. We've got about four or five huge divots in it. We have not replaced the windshield yet. Uh, we've got one of our headlights is bashed out in a couple spots. It's still functioning. We have the spare. We have not replaced that yet. You know, it's kind of like the badge of glory, right? Or badge of honor and so to speak. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we wish we could say that ours were from like ice road truckers or something. But one of them was from a freaking Chevy Cruze. And the other one was from a station. <laughs> you don't want to admit that. No. That's the, no, no, no. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. But it's like, oh, come on. I'm like our first night split. And then we watched it just go. Wink, and we're like, oh, come on. It was a Chevy Cruze. Come on. You know, we did 146 miles of uh, actual ice roads, legitimate ice roads um, up to Oklavik or Oklavik. I, I never remember exactly how you say it, but on the Mackenzie River and back. So Andy and I, when we did the when we raced or rallied with the Pajero, rather, um, we did all the extreme optional controls that the rally had to offer. So um, you get a, a prestigious, I think it's the Go Farther Award because we did all of those successfully. So they're optional. You don't have to do it. I mean, we, when we decided to go from Fairbanks all the way up to but just to, you know, get diesel. Which is halfway to Prudhoe Bay. Yeah, and back. The other people uh, were able to go to the uh, hot springs. But, you know, we're joking. Well, actually, not joking. Um, one of the guys that was a rallier uh, at the hot springs slipped and broke his ankle. Oh. So they took a day off. They broke their ankle, but then we all went all the way up to Coldfoot and back, and we, we you know, one of the fuel safer, safer to drive the yeah. Dalton Highway to Coldfoot than lounge at the Fairbanks Hot Springs. Oh my God! But that was such a dangerous, crazy. Uh, yeah, that was when we kissed the snowbank right in front of an oncoming semi that was going uphill that was not making room and would yeah, not the, care. The semis own those haul roads. Oh. The yeah, they don't care about you at all. No, not at all. No, not at all. And they'll they'll go on the opposite side of the road just to go, you know, on up or they'll they'll basically show you who's boss. And I mean, we were very cognizant and respectful of them and helped them, you know, if we heard them on communications or whatnot. And and uh, it just, you know, we helped one of them when they were actually they were stuck going uphill and they needed a dozer to pull them up. And what was it by uh, Eagle Plains? Yeah, the guy, guy asked us to go to Eagle Plains and asked them to bring up a greater. So we went down there. We were headed down that direction. We stopped and said, hey, there's a semi truck that's up, what, maybe 13 kilometers or, or yeah. you know something like the that 13 clicks and helped the winter out. the winter alcan is not only this competition this crazy crazy road trip but there is this element of survival like if you break down we had a car get rear-ended by another competitor at night in a blizzard and long, portland team yeah they actually took second place overall but it broke out their rear windshield our windscreen and all that and they had to fashion up a tarp and stuff amazingly they didn't get any carbon monoxide and it kept 40 blow weather out but i mean those kinds of things can lead to a challenge for survival at, at 40 below in the winter out and luckily we won't have to worry about that at the summer just probably mosquitoes right. the size of eagles so <laughs> that's a big mosquito it is. What's the um, what's the backstory to the the Pajero? This particular one. How did you yeah, end up so, with it? What did you pay for it? And, what and are, how many do you have? And what are they worth? Because so, I don't even yeah, have we a have, clue. We have two. So in 2017, I bought a 1992 Mitsubishi Pajero, uh, two and a half liter turbo diesel. And I uh, really, really, and I liked it, bought it in Houston, Texas. And we, she and I, Mercedes and I drove it home. And then about Three months later, a friend of ours who lived in Austin, Texas, says, "Hey, there's another one of the, there's one of those Pajeros for sale in Austin, and we paid eighty five hundred for the one in in Houston, and uh, bone stock, bone stock, and then uh, and then 
he says, yeah, we, there's this one in Austin. And I said, oh, well, that's cool. And send me a photo of it. And he sends me a photo of it. I'm like, oh, interesting. How much do they want for it? He's like, $4,500. I'm like, we'll be right down there. So, Well, and we, that was me, you know, preparing for the Rebel Rally, too, as a privateer for the first time in 2018. So, you know, we started building up his. And then I thought, well, hell, I want mine. I want, I want a 4 by 4 And so we thought, well, let's do his and hers. Although the white one is a little more, shall we say, flamboyant uh, in style. And, uh, you know, it's a higher... It's bigger over flares and it's a higher trim level so it's it's got the rally art uh graphics on it and everything but Ooh, rally art there. if you guys don't remember uh rally art actually uh was mitsubishi you could get it i think on a, a mirage and things like that it was like a styling thing to kind of hint toward their rally uh rally routes and this is the one on the yeah, homepage right. of uh crankshaftculture.com correct yeah yes. you can you can see it there so we ended up buying the second one doing another flying by down to Amazingly, they Again, both came Texas. from Texas, but we paid <laughs> half for that. But you know how this goes, right? Well, there's there's no free lunch, and we I knew that it had a a uh, the guy told me, oh, it's got an oil pump leak. I thought, well, that can't be right, and I couldn't see anything. But uh, when we got it home, it was actually an injection pump leak. Well, and then on mm. the way back, um, we ended up uh, realizing that the new clutch that they said was installed uh, was indeed slipping. We had and, all the paperwork, like it was a new clutch. And it was just outside of the warranty. And it was slipping, it was slipping, like Mercedes was saying. And so, so then, you know, new clutch, new pressure plate, all that stuff. Uh, and I had to get it from the UK, which the shipping actually isn't bad. And it really wasn't that expensive. It's, you know, international shipping stuff is generally not too bad. But still, it's adding, you know, adding to the cost of, oh, it cost us, what, $4,500, $4,300? But now you're up to, like, you know, $4,400. Sounds, sounds like my, uh, sounds like my GPW, because uh, there is a huge cottage industry of quality parts over in Europe because of all the uh, old flat fenders that got left behind. And some yeah. stuff I can only get from Europe because of supply yeah, chain right. or whatever. So. I was amazed that the most expensive uh, part was not international shipping. It was actually very reasonable for the things I've had to buy. But I'm with you. It's like, oh yeah, I got this thing for free, and I'm gonna be like ten grand into it, and it's you know, yeah. still still doesn't run and all that stuff. Yet. Well, what's the market for these things? I mean, is it is it like eighty five hundred for a decent one? And how many of these are even in America? Well, so uh, the the market has gotten better for them. They're not. They're not going for like Land Cruiser money or anything like that. But uh, when we bought ours in 2017, we bought the first one for 8,400, 8,500. The second one we got for 4,500. They're generally around 12 to 14 now uh, for the either the two or the four door. But ours has the smaller two and a half liter turbo diesel. Uh, one of them we ended up swapping an engine from. Uh, it's actually the Hyundai D4BF, which is the same as the Mitsubishi. 45.6, 2.5 liter, but it's still made. And so we swapped one of those into the 92. Uh, the better engine is the 4M40, which is the 2.8 liter. And instead of making 100 horsepower and 170 foot-pounds of torque, it makes 140 horsepower and 232 foot-pounds of torque. So it's, it's much peppier, easier to cruise, all that kind of stuff. And what have you done to this? It's hard to tell from this particular picture, but you've it's obviously wheels, tires, and is it a lift or is it uh, is that is that stock? So it's got uh, longer. Uh, excuse me. It's got um, uh, long wheelbase Montero springs in the back, which lifts it about an inch and a half. It's a torsion bar front suspension. So there's not a whole lot you can do sands before you do a body lift. We didn't do a body lift. We just cranked the torsion bars up another inch and a half. Uh, we've got Rancho RS 9000 XL shocks all around. They're nine-way adjustables. 
we currently run 33 inch tires on there for the alcan we went down to a narrow 235 75 7, no 235 70 17 if i remember yeah studded nitto grapplers um and then um engine uh, on the one we took the alcan has that webasto thermotop evo coolant heater uh it has a, a dual optima uh batteries we have uh, an oil pan heater on there uh, air Schumann seats, Schumann heated, heated orthopedic. Yeah, which literally both saved our and butts. warmed our butts the entire trip. Did they say human seats? Because I know they said human toe earlier. Oh yeah, sure. Heel man, heel man, heel man. Just just checking because you know yeah, well, yeah. the, the connection so. here. No, no, you're not a toe man. You're a heel man. That's right. That's uh, right. Got it. Yeah, and then uh, so ARB front bumper, Light Force Genesis, Genesis lights, which were a horn winch, horn, horn winch, horn winch, best for last, a Warren M8000 winch, which I did use because I got myself stuck at the Arctic Circle. It was this. This is one of these crazy things, right? So I get stuck going through a snowbank. A, a bunch of people had just pulled up and. Mercedes says, do you want me to ask them like to, to move? I'm like, no, I'll just drive through the snowbank. So I put it in four low and, and then went, got high centered. And so I pulled the winch cable out, hook it to my buddy. And as I go back who to- fueling. Yeah, who is fueling. But, Jerry Cam. But I, I go to uh, turn the clutch handle and I hear this guy go, Andy? And I look over and there's this guy. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hey, I follow you on Instagram. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, you're at the True Arctic story. Circle. So, but anyway, we've, we've become friends, which is really cool. He's got a Delica as well. So, um, we you got did a, not uh, have a Delica, Andy. You're making it up, and you did not <laughs> have a guy that you never met before follow you on Instagram and meet you at the Arctic Circle. These are all lies, sir. You know, any opportunity I get to just make up stories is, is fantastic. So. No, I, I think that you're a lying sack of shit. <laughs> well, that might be aggressive, Lightning. All right. But, well, how about this one? That ain't true. That's uh -huh. not true. <laughs> so get your facts straight. I, I, uh -huh. I'm calling shenanigans on, uh, yeah. on our friend Andy. I'm here. saying you're not wrong. You just maybe less than right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I wish he could make these kinds of stories up, but no. True story. True that. Yeah. And then we've got that long-range America tank, our long-range automotive tank on there, Rhino Rack, Roof Rack, uh, Demo Shovel and Thompson, Max Tracks, and uh, yeah, it... Uh, it, it did the thing slowly but surely. I'm tripping uh, that they make a bumper for that thing. Like a what? Or of course they, they do overseas. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's the frames the same. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. That, that's an ARB bumper that we had shipped from overseas See? to come go. over here from Australia. Okay. So it looks good too. Yeah, you gotta remember these things are popular in lots of other places, just not here. Yeah, like, this is this Australia. is like the competitor of the Land Cruiser in uh, nether regions. In nether yeah, regions, yeah. yeah, super popular in Australia. So you know the the thing is 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 we have to realize that everything with our builds here, our right hand drive Mitsubishi's take longer, are more expensive. We have to be patient, and a lot of times we have to custom fab stuff. So you know, for instance, <laughs> we so we have a JDM, a Jap Japanese domestic market vehicles that are uh, sold in Japan. We have a lot of Australian parts in them, and we're using them in the U.S. Little things like dumb things like you know when we had the um, the auxiliary tank put in you know right we've got two fuel nozzle uh, necks that go in and join in one for the fuel tanks right so but when we when we were putting them in I was with Wanderlust Overland and we were putting them in I thought God those nozzle like holes look really small 
and I thought, you know what? Let's just go down to the you know the fuel station and, and just check with the diesel. You're uh, not filling those up with the big rig pump, are you? No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not even fuel, fueling them up with the normal size pump. Oof. So Australia. Australia has too small of the nozzles compared to the U.S. Not even the regular one would fit through that freaking nozzle hole. So we could bore both of them out to be able to get them to fit. Well, and that's Just, exactly you know, what you want to do in your fuel system is bore a metal hole in <laughs> yeah, something. Metal flakes yeah, in right? there. <laughs> thankfully, exactly. So thankfully, that was still when everything was uh, was taken apart. And then we saw that before, and I thought, nah, let's check it before. So they bored it out, and we had to go back like three times to go to the fuel stop. Mind you, that was like 10 minutes away one way to check it to make sure that they actually cleared both um, nozzle openings before we then finally installed it. So thankfully, we caught that error before it was uh, – it was done, but who would have thought, right? So Australian, you know, uh, fuel tanks have smaller nozzles than here, and we have all of this, you know, juncture that we have to deal with. So now, when they put the fuel in, does it swirl the other way? No, or is that that's, so- only, that's only when you're down under. <laughs> oh, I got it. Got you. Okay, okay. So you guys are planning on doing this again this year, and yes. so that's the that's the one that starts at the end of August on uh, August 23rd. Do you guys know what car yeah. what car number you are? So if people want to follow you. So, so far, we are car number 12. I'm not sure if that's going to deviate. If anything, we might bump up one or two more. So, yeah, I mean, you can follow us on crankshaftculture.com, on crankshaftculture via social media, or myself. Um, we're sharing stories right now and in posts and reels and all that good stuff as we're building the Subaru up. And then the actual Alcan website is alcan5000.com. It's a little bit of an older website. It's but- HTML 1.0, but it's <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> HTML 1.0. It's yeah, not MS DOS. It's close. It's real close. You actually have to uh, find the crank on your computer and uh, fire it up. Is it? Do I have to look at it with a green uh, CRT screen? No, but you have to have uh, that blue filter uh, on your glasses. Or do I have to print it out with a dot matrix printer? <laughs> that you do. Yeah, Oki Data. You got yeah. Oki Data do with I have the ribbons. To, do I have to log in with my AOL? No, it's uh, no, it's CompuServe. <laughs> oh, CompuServe. Yeah, yeah, really? it's, a, it's Prodigy message board. But I can only get in with an Earthlink address. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> hey, so you guys have gone from taking a four by four. Body on frame, diesel, like an actual like truck, and yep. and to this crazy trip, and now somehow you ended up in a new Subaru wilderness and outback. And how did that happen? And why the change over into a car? Yeah. So um, while we were put- putting along <laughs> in third gear, going thirty miles an hour up the hills, we thought to ourselves, what would be an ideal uh, Alcan vehicle, right? And so we had plenty of comfort in that vehicle. It rides great. The Shieldman seats are super are super comfortable. It's super good. capable. All that stuff, low range, everything like that. Um, but what what is a what was a perfect Alcan vehicle is actually something that's got ground clearance, all wheel drive, all wheel drive or four wheel drive, yeah. and has power. So we had ground clearance and comfort, but we did not have the power. So. Uh, there were people that had like Porsche Macans, uh, Outba- uh, Forester Turbos, even uh, JLs and Gladiators, uh, that kind of thing. WRXs too. And, you know, we thought we need something with some power. And we we actually just reached out to our, our contacts at Subaru. We, we've known them for quite a while and done a lot of rally stuff with them over the, over the years and said, hey, would you be interested in maybe like letting us use a car and we'll write some stories about it and to our surprise, they said yes. So uh, those those are nice when you have those uh, pleasant surprises. Where in your mind you're plotting on the road, going, "I need a different setup." And I mean, I think 
you know, I can't think of how many stories I've had over the years where it started that way. And I'm like, I should call some people and see if they would be interested. And then when they say yes, you go, oh, now I got to make it happen. So exactly. <laughs> and, and I mean, exactly. And for us, you know, we kept on looking at, you know, as we dug deeper and found you know, and tried to find out what the perfect Alcan 5000 or rally vehicle is both on and off road. Mind you, this year's rally is going to have at least 30 percent dirt and gravel. And those roads are not very good up there. Even paved roads are like, you know, marked with like potholes and cracks and, you know, all sorts of stuff. But, you know, washboards, potholes, all that type of thing. And Subaru kept on coming up. And so, I mean, the all wheel drive capability the safety, everything. It's just the handling. And so... I mean, this vehicle has 160 more horsepower than the vehicle we took. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's significant. That helps. And probably like, a lot lighter, too. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and one of the things, one of the many things that, that we are now discovering, it's got nine and a half inches of ground clearance. If you think about that, that's actually more than a stock Toyota Tacoma. So yeah, but we all know that Tacoma it. suck. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, and it's it's even uh, not to pick on the uh, you know the Toyotas, but it's very close to four runners. It's actually a higher uh, ground clearance than a lot of the trucks that are out there. So like G wagon, it has exactly, ground clearance. exactly. So and well, I mean, the only G real G wagons have solid axles. That's all I'm going to say about that. True, true. Hey, so I got so, a, I got a question about the Subaru. So I was looking at your list, and you guys have partnered with uh, Lightforce USA, Rally Innovations, of course, our friends over at Max Tracks, uh, Lead Lenser, Factor Fifty Five, also our buddy Justin over there, Warren, you, Andy, obviously, Skosh. Yep. Are you guys? I'm I'm assuming you're getting like a press or media vehicle. Are you being allowed to modify it? What are the modifications? Like, can you put a beefier tire on it, or can you put the the mounts for the lights on it? Like, what are you allowed to do to kind of really dial it in for this trip? The whole idea too is that this vehicle doesn't need a whole ton of modifications to do this, right? right. Like, you could take one of these bone stock and do this, but having using the experience that we had from doing the last Alcan rally, that's when we said the Subaru. We like there are a couple of things that we want to add just for for honestly mostly for safety reasons. And so they were okay with these modifications. So we do have the Rally Innovations Rally Light Bar. Uh, we're going to have four of the Light Force Venom lights up there. So uh, we, we found auxiliary lighting was absolutely crucial on the winter Alcan. Uh, it will be lighter later up there. But it'll be really good for dust. Yeah, great so, and, for dust. And smoke, too, like with wildfires and things like yeah. that. Yeah, and so we're going to carry Max Tracks Minis on a on a custom prototype. I, uh, I love the Minis, by the way. I actually think yes. the Minis are better than the other ones. I carry Minis in my JL, and so if you guys are, oh. are following at home, the the Minis, so a Max Track is the well, traction board. you're talking boards. to me because I need to learn about nice. this. So the traction boards, you know, usually orange, but they come in other colors now. What's you the one the size of the stretcher? That, that's a Max Tracks. Okay. Yeah, so you dig it. You can use one side as a shovel. You can get a jack-based one that's reinforced. You put your jack on yes. top of it, but you can dig it out, and then you, if you're in mud or sand or snow, you can drive right up on these traction boards. Well, they're ungodly tough. They're made of like you know impregnated nylon, <laughs> super whatever. They're impossible to kill, but they're big. And so when you're strapped for space, it's hard to. Well, you get the mini, and there's you can get four of them in basically a square carrying nylon carrying case. Do they interlock? So you can tie them together. Yes. So here's what I like about the four is they were originally made for ATV, UTV, but I've used them with Jeeps. We use them on four wheeler of the year when we get when somebody gets stuck. The beauty of it is with the you usually carry two boards and they have these two giant long boards. The minis you can carry four shorter ones, so you can either interlock them together or tie them together. Yes. So you have a longer ramp. Will they fit together like a puzzle? Not like a puzzle, okay. but they there's a way to lash them together. Or you can do all four tires because typically what I tell people with Max Tracks is do opposite corners. If you have a real four wheel drive with a locker, 
do mm. like front right you know front passenger rear drivers or whatever and right and climb out well four you got four all four tires if you're doubly locked man you get out of anything with those things and they don't take right. up a lot of space so i love them you know and so we actually are running two of the regular max tracks minis and then we also have two of the jack space ones that you're talking about so they have a flat back so that you can put a bottle jack or, or any of those types of jacks so when you're in the field no matter if you're off-road or on-road you can easily get yourself out so the linking what you're talking about they have these linking kits that are little like um i need to post them on social media because I did, we didn't even really know about them until they said, hey, we, you know, how can we get these together, link them together? So I think they're called like fixing and linking or hitching and linking kits. They're these longer little maybe 12-inch long plastic bars made of the same material that you can hook into each end of the Max Tracks minis to make a one real long board. So when you need to get out, you don't all of a sudden have that second board just go whoop 90 degrees and go off to the corner. They're linked hard and fast to make one super long board. Um, so yeah, we're stoked. I mean, we've got a couple sets of the long full-size ones, but yeah, we're running the, the minis because those are also made, like you said, for ATVs and side-by-sides, but also for CUVs, all-wheel drives and shorter um, or smaller SUVs. So, Well, like um, I said, I've put them underneath a Wrangler 392. And yeah. I put them underneath my Wrangler, you know, my JL. You guys know that that thing's not light by any means, and I've had zero right. issues using them to uh, extract myself from Would situations. you put these under the TRX, awesome. your loaner? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. They're strong. They're really strong. So We've what, used them at Rebel Rally. We've used them all over the place, and they're they're great. What tires are you guys using? Are you use the stock tires that come on? Because I know it does come with a beefier tire on the Wilderness Package. Yeah, so we will be using the factory tires, but the factory timer tires are the Yokohama Geolander G015s. Um, that's actually a tire I've I've owned before when, on a on a uh, on a different uh, uh, on another JDM van. But I actually really like those tires a lot. I would I would put those on uh, you know my personal vehicle. Uh, they were really really great. I mean they're not they don't look that aggressive, but they're they're a really good tire. So I have a lot of confidence in them. Well, they're pretty beefy as far as the sidewall. I mean I ran them when I did the Rebel Rally with the ID4 all electric VW. Um, and so we did about 14, 1500 miles off road and we didn't have any punctures. We didn't have any flats, nothing like that. And they also do come with a full size spare too. So we've got one full size spare. We might run with another and we've got a um, full size uh, or not full size. We've got an ARB tire patch kit too that we're going to bring with us just for safety. And then I see, you know, I mentioned uh, Warren and Factor 55. Now, is that just recovery gear or are you actually putting a winch on there? No, this one's <laughs> going to just be, this is just going to be, uh, recovery gear so warren does make uh three kits for subarus that allow you to mount a winch up to six thousand pounds so but uh we're gonna we're gonna stay without a winch on this but we are gonna run like a factor 55 hitch link in the in the uh rear receiver just in case we do need to pull it out we'll have the Warren recovery that kit is cycles. nice by the way the fact that the wilderness and the outbacks have a receiver <laughs> normally for bike racks and things like that right but the fact that you can run a, sh- a soft shackle and a receiver uh, recovery point is awesome well, and that's one of the optional um, parts uh, that we have from, you know, from factories. So um, what Subaru wants to do is showcase all the different um, factory optional parts. So whether they're, um, you know, the mud flaps or the interior bits that we have or the hitch receiver that we can put the hitch link into or a skid plate or skid plate, all those whatever. different kinds of things. So we're using those first and foremost to basically do a hardcore 5,000 mile, 10 day endurance rally oh my God, what the heck's going to happen type of a review. So we're here as journalists to be able to review this vehicle as much as we are as competitors. So. And, cover the, and cover the rally for other outlets. Right, exactly. They should be sending a film crew with you guys. <laughs> it used to be a TV show. Yeah. They did. Um, in, 20, in 2020, they did uh, 
they did bring a film crew. Uh, I. Isn't it Nitto that had one? Yeah, so Witter, uh, they had hired Heavy Metal Concepts, Will Gentile's company, and uh, they had the guys from, uh, they had a number of Ultra 4 racers, so they had... Um, uh, Dave Cole. And- Dave, well, Dave Cole was up there in a Raptor, and then Lauren Healy was up there in a, G, in a, a uh, Ranger, and then they had... Um, Lauren Healy is everywhere, by the way. <laughs> true. Like, literally, I just did Route 66 with him, like, a month ago. What? Awesome. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> And then they had Mel Mel from Mel, Lane, uh, yeah. Mel Wade from uh, Evo was yep. uh, he was on the Alcan as well, and they had a film crew and they did a bunch of a bunch of stuff, and uh, so it was it was pretty cool. The Pajero made a super brief appearance in that. But. In the actual yeah, the official Nitto uh, video, but um, you know we love to do that. I mean you know when we talk to uh, when we're talking to Subaru obviously almost every day now because it's less than a month um, to prepare. And I said, hey, if you have GoPro videos or if you or um, GoPro um, cameras or whatnot that you want us to mount, you know, happy to run them. We're not quite sure yet with the, with um, what we're going to have for that bit of it, but we'll have our own camera gear. I'm going to bring all my stuff and uh, obviously our phones and B-roll video and whatnot. So there will be stuff and we'll be posting along the way as we have service. Um, but mind you, we have a lot of miles to make. So, you know, we might have a time speed distance challenge in the morning of maybe half an hour long, but we might have to drive five, six hundred miles maybe even 700 miles to get to an afternoon time speed distance challenge before we can get to the hotel. So some of these days can be very long. I mean, mind you, 5,000 miles plus in 10 days. That's enough to listen to at least one of our shows. <laughs> Good plug. Yeah, right? Yeah. You know, just just download a lot of the Truck Show podcast. You'll get through one, maybe two, because mm-hmm. uh, our shows are usually about eight or uh, nine days long. I like it. I like it. I, it. It would sound better than my navigation job because I got a lot of work I got to do. Wouldn't it be annoying if lightning was the voice on your navigation? What are you talking about? Just yeah, like that. Turn left up here <laughs> at the Arctic Circle. Turn left. <laughs> you just blew past the corner. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I, you know, one of my best jobs, I guess, is I get to tell Andy where to go all day long, every day for that duration. Oh, but, poor Andy. Uh, How does that uh, not ruin we're your stuck marriage? We're box together for 10 days. So, Andy, are you, you an know. alcoholic? all right well we we love you guys and uh we really appreciate you uh, coming on and talking about uh, alcan with us and if you guys want to follow them crankshaftculture.com you guys also have a facebook group um you guys got twitter and what's the facebook group it's crankshaft culture the same thing okay so we have we have a page crankshaft culture we also have a great community it's just called crankshaft culture community that's the group we're on uh, we're on Instagram at Crankshaft Culture. We're on Twitter at Crankshaft Cult. Mercedes is, is at Writer with Grit on Twitter. So we're we're all over the place. Yeah, you'll find us, and then I'll be doing a lot of my social media too via my name. Um, if you if you follow Crankshaft Culture, especially on Instagram, you've got both of our like my Instagram and then his, and you can find us with our names. We're yeah, like Andy said, we're everywhere. And it's Lillianthal, Lillianthal, Lillianthal. That's right. Yes, Lillianthal. <laughs> yes. All right, so we're gonna, gonna be worse. we're gonna be uh, <laughs> voyeurs and follow along in your journey. <laughs> well, that'd be awesome. Thanks for having us. That's on. A- yeah, we, we love being part of the show. Uh, maybe not after Lightning's been following you for your journey, though. That might get weird. No, why? I'm not. Get, I'm not looking inside their like hotel room. I'm I just checking. I'm was... in the car with them. You know, and I'm. I'm. I'm like in. The, they in don't the want that. Seat. Well, I'm not they're, physically. Listen, the they're going someplace really remote to get away from you. They're. They're not they inviting don't know you in. Me. They can't hate me yet. Uh, okay. <laughs> Come on. All, All right, guys. guys. <laughs> Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, so guys. Thanks for Take care. All right. Bye. You got it. Bye. Bye. All right, uh, Holman, the, the moral of this episode is electrons good, diesel particulate bad, 
Pullman and Lightning, average at best. <laughs> also the bad. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Whoa, whoa. Hey, listen, I'm not. I I don't know if electron. I'm indifferent because I'm super curious. I wanna. I want to experience oh, wait, wait, everything. You're, you're electron curious? I'm electron curious, <laughs> but what I'm not is an electron homer. I know. You've said that many times. I know, but I... I it doesn't I don't want to... Listen, I'm trying to be political here, not alienate half of our audience. I don't think they... seven-eighths no, of our no, audience. You've, who, done, you've done a great job. They know that you're out there exploring on their behalf. That's, no, seriously, yeah. that's what you're doing. And, and sometimes you enjoy it, and sometimes you're like, this is boring. I don't want to drive this vehicle. Sean Holman, <laughs> Electron Explorer. Uh, I, no? I don't think that works. No. Okay. Just check. We're, we're saving that. Okay. Desert Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Billy. Flashback. Oh, is Billy good? Is he? How's he doing? Uh, he just had COVID. Oh, no. But he's, he's alive. So he is. He's okay. He, he survived. and. Uh, but how did he get COVID out in the desert by himself? He doesn't have any friends, does he? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. How did he get it from a scrub brush, a, a Joshua tree? Where did it come from? Uh, hey, if you guys want to uh, follow us on social, <laughs> at LBC Lightning, at Sean P. Holman, we are at Truck Show Podcast. Or you can hit us up on email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on Spotify and Apple, wherever you happen to listen. Or give us a uh, call, leave a message at Five Star Hotline, 657-205-6105. Five Star. Five Star. Five Star. I feel dirty for playing that jingle, but and then then not playing any calls. But we we will be, we will be playing your messages on the next show if you if you leave us some six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. It's super easy if you go to at Truck Show Podcast on Instagram. There's a call button in our bio. It's that easy. All right. Well, before we end the show, we got to thank Nissan. So uh, head on down to your local Nissan dealer or to NissanUSA.com where you can build and price your Frontier, your Titan, or your Titan XD. Awesome, great, reliable, dependable, and capable trucks that are rugged and comfortable. And the Titan has a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, the best in the business. All right, head over to uh, BanksPower.com if mm-hmm. you want to remove the pedal latency out of your ride, mm-hmm. and that's with the Pedal Monster. So super easy. It plugs right into your OBD2 port, and it'll control your throttle, and there are 30 sensitivity settings that you can access with an app on your phone, and it's patented. And I know we're the truck show guys, but uh, it fits your 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 wife's SUV, it fits your truck, fits your kids, uh, I don't know, crap box, sports cars, whatever you got, hundreds of applications. Go to bankspower.com, type in your year, make, and model, and see if they've got a pedal monster for your sluggish ride. And of course, we have to thank uh, Onyx Off-Road. So if you're looking for the best mapping software out there for your adventures, go to onyxmaps.com or to the Google Play or Apple App Store where you can download the Onyx Off-Road app. And if you uh, subscribe, Use Truck Show to get yourself a little discount when you check out. Hey, I, not to go backwards, but um, I had some guys hitting me up going, hey, I need a little uh, love from from Banks. So I, we haven't said it in a couple episodes, but if you slide into my DMs at LBC Lightning, that's LBC Lightning on the gram, and uh, just tell me what you're looking for. And uh, I got the, the hook of brother up price for you. Just don't tell Gail. Uh, or, you, or you can email me. I'm going to roll it out there. You ready? First and last. First initial, last name. At bankspower.com. J-T-I-L-L-E-S at bankspower.com. Some people don't have the gram, Holman. I think we we think that everyone does. They don't. And they're like, what? I don't have Instagram. My kid does. What? Do, how do I get a have deal? Have your kid slide into the lightning's DM. Oh, nah, no, so, no. I mean, that lawsuit, you're not allowed to talk to kids online anymore, That's right? not me. That was lightening with an E. Uh, I'm lightning. No. That was lightening. That don't was a make, totally different guy. Don't make that mistake. Totally, totally different guy. Anyway, so- uh, First initial last name, J-T-I-L-L-E-S, at bankspower.com. Send me an email if you're interested in some uh, some Bankspower hookup. Okay. 
You done with that? Yes, I'm done because it's so freaking hot in here. Hey, do you ever look at that giant window right there and wish it could be open? I think I'm going to jump through it. Well, I they, we're on the first floor, so that's not going to help. But if you if you throw something through it, it it'll oh, yeah, get some fresh air in here. That's a good idea. This chair's going right through hey, it. No, no, I was kidding. Lightning. Listen, I'll just I'll turn the fan on. Lightning. Lightning. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. Car. <laughs>